Hello, and welcome to Famicast 94, your live Famicast for the end of December 2016, and the final Famicast of 2016. I'm your host, Danny Bivens, and today I'm joined by James Charlton. Happy holidays, <laughs> or something like that, whatever you Americans say. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I'm also Ty Schugert. Happy Halloween. Right back at you. <laughs> oh, that, oh, that's what you're supposed to say. Yes. yes. They got it. And Sarah Soleni. No, like Sean Uh Or that. Yeah, go on. Try and figure out which language that is. Ha, ha, ha. Some Mordor? Yes. <laughs> Gandalf well, is doing that weird cringy face right as we speak. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So if you, guys have, if you guys out there have seen the tweet, we're actually going to be giving away some live prizes here on the show today. So uh, be sure to stay tuned for that and see how you can enter in to win one. Of these fabulous prizes, can I and, win? Uh, um, we'll, con- we'll consider it. <laughs> Sorry, wait, 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 what can we win? We can win these fabulous amiibo cross Sanrio cross Animal Crossing cards. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> Forget what <laughs> I just said. There's a lot of cross in there. <laughs> yeah, these make a lot of people cross. Cross second. Yeah, you can have the chance to have furniture themed after Hello Kitty and her lesser-known friends show up in your Animal Crossing house. And isn't there one named Daniel that we talked about a few months ago? Yes, he is very dear to me. Sad, sad <laughs> Daniel, isn't it? Sweet. Dear Daniel. That's the one. There's Pom Pom Purian too, I think. That's the hype one to get. Pom Pom Purian is worth that. Get uh, hype, people. I've <laughs> lost, I've lost the Daniel. will to live. <laughs> Just try to do the opposite of what James is doing right now. So, all right. Well, we're going to go ahead and kick things off here with new business. And... Hi. How about oh, you start off new business for us today, man? Ew. All right. Well, uh, I got a game. We're going to pretend I got the uh, MU version. Okay. It's, uh, <laughs> it's Shante, a half-genie hero. Okay. The game I helped crowdfund like three years ago. <laughs> right? Me too. Yeah, yeah. I kind of I forgot it was coming out. Like, it's just they keep updating me, and I kept like, oh, that's a thing that's happening, I guess. So you're yeah. like a co you're like a co producer in this game or something. Right. Okay. I don't it's I don't trust M-Y-N-O-D-I-P. anything. Okay, I don't trust anything you're gonna say about it now then. Go ahead. <laughs> my my family is starving. <laughs> <laughs> my children need wine. <laughs> <laughs> Food one hundred dollars, rent three hundred dollars. Crowdfunding, $3,600. <laughs> Please help me budget this. My family is dying. Uh, so it came out, and I got it like uh, a week ahead of, you know, people who didn't crowdfund it and some people who did, depending on what platform they chose. But So you already paid for this in advance via yeah, crowdfunding? Yeah, like okay. $15, like three years okay. ago. And how so, much does it cost, like, if you want to buy it today? I don't know. <laughs> That's it's a good question. My, I, not my, my concern. Yeah. Like, it was, it was a runaway success of a Kickstarter, like, or an Indiegogo, whatever it was. Like, that was, 
I, like, I don't know. It made like all of its stretch goals and all this like so the 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 time budget for the game kept extending and extending. So now it's finally coming. Rest in peace, Markley too. <laughs> I'll let you know when that one comes out. But yeah, uh, I played it. I good. Yeah, I, well I played it a lot. It's fun. It's fun. It's kind of a fun little romp. It. It's not as hard as something like Shovel Knight, but it, it is fun to play and explore. And uh, the dialogue in this game made me laugh like a retard. <laughs> I, I, I know I screen capped and grabbed a lot of short videos uh, on my Xbox profile. I tweeted at least one of them. <laughs> so check that out. Um, so it's... I don't know if you guys have played a Shantae game or... I I own one on the Wii U. Um, Cyrus, can you help me out? <laughs> what do I own? Like Pirates Curse. Yes. Yeah. Like Pirates so, Curse or whatever the other ones are. So in any case, this game is divided up into levels, but you still need to backtrack a lot and use different abilities to get to different areas, like a Metroid game. So it's kind of like a weird hybrid of, you know, level-by-level level 2D game and Metroidvania. Okay. Yeah. Uh, apparently it's $20 as a download. Ooh, get wrecked. <laughs> so yeah. you, you win. Early I, investment. <laughs> I backed this game too, and uh, I gave away my, like, my early access code to someone years ago, so they've been playing the beta, and then that meant they got free access to the full game when it came out instead of me. So, and then, then, like, after my code was supposed to have sent out my actual game code, I was like, why hasn't my Steam thing been sent out? And then I checked, apparently, that I signed up for them to send me a Wii U code for some reason. So, so, was it uh, European Wii U? And it was European Wii U. So, oh, said, I re- remember seeing their email about that. And yeah. So, was- they said that something happened to all the Wii U codes, like 800 of them. Some- and- I saw that. <laughs> what? I thought of you. So so they haven't received them yet, so they haven't sent any out to me yet, or any EU people with Wii U's. But in compensation, they gave us all the free Steam copy, too. So I do have a Steam copy now, which I might give away, but <laughs> I'm waiting on that Wii U one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Rest in peace. Yeah. So uh... It's probably been moved to Switch. <laughs> hey yo <laughs> high five yeah so uh like i i played through like the initial playthrough and then got like 100 percent of the items in like six hours total or something mm-hmm. so not super long but they want you to replay it and I, I don't know i think you can play as different characters after you do stuff does she does she like take off all her clothes or something if you do it under three hours or whatever She's yeah. not wearing a whole lot to begin with. <laughs> there you go. Right. It's exactly like Metroid. No. <laughs> did um, you know that? Did you know that Metroid's a woman, by the way? <laughs> no, Metroid is a robot, <laughs> and he has to rescue his girlfriend, which is Samus. That's yeah. what my uncle told me. <laughs> <laughs> did he help you set up that joke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I- 
I am looking forward to playing this Shantae game, though, because I worked my way through all the other ones, and they're all kind of flawed, but they kept getting better. Like, each one was considerably better than the previous one, and this one looks really good, and everyone's raving about it, so I'm excited. Right, yeah, it's fun. It's it's a game you can buy for your Wii U if that's your only console for some reason. (laughs) Apparently it's $30 on the disc, and $20 as a download. Oh, okay. Does the disc version come with anything? Like a soundtrack, maybe? Uh, you're asking me questions I do not know the answers to. <laughs> I didn't know there was a physical. <laughs> so, Trying to get some of that Shovel Knight cash. Throw yeah, it on every system in every format they can. The soundtrack Wait. is amazing, <laughs> by the way. Uh, good old Jake Kaufman busting out some tunes that distinctly remind me of like uh, certain colorful Sega CD and Saturn games. It's kind of, I don't know how to describe this kind of, kind of funky dance music. So yeah, uh, of the 30 minutes I played of the one I've got, it's, uh, it's got some nice music. Yeah. So is this structured any differently to like the one that I've got pirates, whatever it is. Pirates curse had like a, Every every area was its own place, and then you navigated each one. There was like a, a boat screen where you just like panned left and right and selected your level. So how does it work in Half Genie Hero? Exactly the same. Okay. Except you have a giant bird instead of a boat. <laughs> you can bail out of a level at any time, and you'll still retain like any items you picked up. So that's useful. You don't have to death march through the entire level every time. That's nice. Yeah. I like games that respect my time. So, Yeah, it's definitely a game that respects your time. Cool. Like I said, there's backtracking, but you're, you're not covering any ground you don't need to. Hmm. You basically cool. go to the level, get your thing, bail out. Is, is it a spoiler to say like what um, like power-ups or items or whatever moves that she lands? I don't think so. There's like... A, there's like six different transformations, I think, or more. Eight. Eight basic transformations. That sounds right. Nine if you're a, if you're a special Kickstart bunny like me. Oh, what, what's the ninth one? Like the Tinker Bath where you play as one of the, the enemies. Huh. That's neat. I, I forgot about that. Well, anyway, that's a thing. <laughs> what, has, have you just exposed Ty as not actually being a Kickstarter backer? Yeah. <laughs> have you? Like, no, I, I just backed at the poverty tier. Okay. <laughs> All right, Cyrus like, did the $3,000, you know. Yeah, thing. probably. I think I went in on, like, the art book, but it's been, like, so long, I literally had to go in and find out what platform I bought the game on. So it's... <laughs> So, I, yeah, I think I got the hardcover art book, yeah. and that was the, the tier I got. I Actually, I think this is the very first Xbox One game I bought, technically, <laughs> before the Xbox One came out. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. It's been a while. So, uh, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's, it's, like the, it's like the people who pre-ordered Zelda Wii U, and they're right. not going to play it until, like, the Switch comes out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh. I did enjoy the game. Like, I've barely touched the Ashante games before, but, like, I just grabbed this one, and I like it a lot. Um, So, other games I played, Killer Instinct, 
<laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> so, so Cyrus was a bit confused. Like, I, I tweeted a Mario Gold Amiibo Amazon link to you. Oh, and, now I get it. And Cyrus was like, context, question mark, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what was that gold bullshit you were looking at? Like, uh, you get, like, some free gold skins if you bought the uh, Super Complete Edition. Okay, you don't have to buy any figurines to unlock no, them. No, okay. you don't have to buy any figurines to get them. <laughs> well, there, there are skins you can unlock by buying Killer Instinct figurines. That's but there's not gold on the bush here. Right. I was trying to help you out by, you know, sending you the Mario uh, link. You know, I thought I could unlock some TJ combo link uh, costumes for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mario is not playable in Killer Instinct. Yet. <laughs> They're adding so many guest characters, he could be showing up soon. Yeah, they 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 said they're adding like three or four more characters, like out of nowhere. And uh, they've shown one. Looks like a... <laughs> right. So, well, to recap, the guest characters they have so far are Rash, Arbiter, and General Rom. That's Battletoads, Halo, and Gears of War, respectively. That's right. Wow, uh, the, the last one just like whoo, straight out of yeah, my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know uh, if they're going to do more <clears throat> guest characters or not. I'm interested to find out. Uh, but the new character they've shown and uh, will be coming soon. There's a patch rolling out like right now, like as we record this. I don't think he's in it. His data might be in it. They've been kind of teasing like. He won't be regularly selectable until like January, but we might like hide him in Shadow Lords mode or something. Is this Kill Kilgore? Yes, Kilgore. <laughs> I read Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. They they put up a couple match videos. He, he looks like the the malfunctioning Eddie version of Fulgore with gun hands. Yeah, those gun hands seem terribly inconvenient. Yeah, like... <laughs> how are you supposed to pick up spoons? How are you supposed to throw people? Someone should do like an Edward Scissorhands kind of crossover like video. Just show him like, <laughs> e- eating peas with his uh, like machine guns. <laughs> right. Uh, in one of the magic videos, it shows his taunt animation. It looks like Fulgore's, except kind of jokey. Like, Fulgore like, holds his arm up kind of threateningly, almost like he's flipping the bird or something. So Kilgore kind of holds his gun arm up and then he bonks himself on the head with it. I think. <laughs> kind of like this goofy loot animation. Yeah, he seems like a low-budget character. I'm, I'm not going to beat around the bush anymore. Okay. They recycled a lot of Fulgore animations. But, you know, that doesn't mean he's not good and fun. I'm very <laughs> curious to play him. I can't believe Killer Instinct would recycle characters. I mean... They, they have such upstanding traditions of unique things like Shadow Jago and stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, I, you just reminded me of something. This is a true story. Like, when I was a teenager, like, um, I, me and my friend, we loved Killer Instinct on the SNES. And there was this competition in the official Nintendo magazine in the UK to design your own Killer Instinct character. Uh-oh. So what we did was we traced um, uh, Cinder, <laughs> and we colored him in green <laughs> and we called him vine 
and we just added some kind of like goofy like vines coming out of his hands and we got mentioned in the magazine we didn't win but it was like, it was like it was like fourth prize or something like that it was hilarious nice. <laughs> oh man i wish i could find that magazine so i think your just... resume today <laughs> <laughs> i was this close to working for rare <laughs> vine oh man so many memories good times is Vine, is, is Vine in season three? Oh yeah, I confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> they took your idea. I knew they were keeping it around. Right. Just waiting for the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Um yeah. So Killer Instincts is fun. Uh and I've been playing Overwatch. It's now the the Christmas event where there's an annoying mini game where you throw snowballs at people. Okay. It's really bad, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you play this um, site? I do. I, I don't play Killer Instinct. No, I play, I've got taste, so I don't play that. My <laughs> mom. <laughs> yeah, I just never played Killer Instinct because it was an Xbox One exclusive for so long, and now it's on PC. Right. And I'm just kind of not interested in it. Past the the boat has sailed, kind of thing. Yeah. Nice. I've got like I. I don't have enough time to play the games I already have, let alone add another fighter <laughs> that I can't play. I didn't know there was this feud between you guys about Killer Instinct. You've never mentioned it before. You, you, you just kind of go. You just kind of go silent during. The, well, now it yeah. makes sense, I guess. Yeah. It, it's not a feud when one person is obviously wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, don't bust my balls like that. <laughs> yeah, like I literally have. I, I don't have any ill will towards Killer Instinct at all. I just like make fun, making fun of other things that people like because I'm that kind of person. <laughs> well, well, Ty's got, you know, Pocken for you, I guess. So it's kind of yeah. like even Stevens in the end, isn't it? <laughs> I would say Cyrus is at a disadvantage. If <laughs> <laughs> he likes Pocken, Jesus Christ. I think, I, I, I think I've got two and a half hours total played on that on my Wii U since I bought it. I haven't even unlocked all the characters. Great job. I think, I, I think Ty's got you beat with hours then. <laughs> yeah. I, By a few months. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's shockingly... I more, am, by the way, I've got the timer up on my screen right now. I was going to say, more, am, on, more on that later. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, am, I am quite terrified to find out what Ty's Killer Instinct total has been this year. Find out soon enough. Yeah, I don't think I actually find out until like the the literal end of the year when I think Microsoft sends out a mailer because I don't know if that information is on the system if just by year. Does the subject line say "Are you okay"? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for putting uh, our children through college. Right. Brilliant. Is it, yeah. is it all we had though, Ty? Uh, I, I want to talk about Overwatch very briefly. Okay, go ahead. Uh, maybe Cyrus can chime in on this too. I don't know. It's it's the same stuff. They 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 they've done things to the balance. Where uh, if you guys saw my tweet earlier, looks like the thing to do is to pick all tank class characters and healers, and just like throw the damage characters in the trash. Yeah, it used to be like the game was pretty evenly balanced where you pick like two healers, two attackers, and then two big tanky guys. And now it's just like swung. It's like pick a healer, pick huge guys, steamroll the other team. So, yep. So balance is fun. Balance is fun. If I ever see another junk rat on my team again, it'll be too soon. 
I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think the chances of it coming on Switch, Cyrus? Uh, Absolutely zero. What's is there? What's the reason? Is there some exclusivity stuff going I on? Just, just with with Blizzard, I just don't see them doing it. I don't know. Oh, okay. Like I'm, I'm I'm shocked enough that Overwatch is on consoles at all. So maybe mm. they could surprise and put it on Switch. It's not a hugely graphically heavy game, so now that you actually put it to me and I'm talking about it, it could happen, I suppose. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that would actually be kind of interesting if it showed up. That was a nice little argument you just had with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fair discussioner of these things. Discussioner being a word that is a real word. So you disagree <laughs> with uh, 30 seconds ago, Cyrus, and you actually think... You yeah, could... I hate that guy. Yeah. What a nice <laughs> we, we all do. <laughs> He's dead now. Yep. All right, so yes, let's move on to not me. Okay. Please. All right, well, um, I'll go ahead and continue on with the new business and uh i haven't been playing a lot lately but one thing that i downloaded weeks ago and finally decided to actually open it up about oh an hour before the podcast so (laughs) i definitely didn't have enough time to get into this like i like i had originally planned but um um i downloaded megami meguri the weird train pass goddess game on 3ds free to play uh from capcom and oh, it's free to play. Okay. Yeah, well, completely that sounds free. like my kind of game. When you said open, when you said opened up, I just imagined this huge um, box set with like a figurine of an actual girl in it. Well, you, well, you could buy one of those. I can I can neither confirm nor deny an inflatable <laughs> Megami Megami girl. Love, but, um, love pillow. But might might be there. Body Companion pillow. Companion pillow. Thank you. One hundred percent cotton. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I was kind of disappointed with what I played so far because it was pretty much, it's like at the TGS demo that I had played back in September, that the first part of it is this tutorial that's probably going to go on for 30 minutes to an hour. And I was just, I should have just fucking done this, <laughs> like, you know, weeks ago. But <laughs> so I didn't even get to see anything about what it is when you do the train pass stuff. Basically, you know, all I was doing was teaching this goddess words because whenever you first meet her, she doesn't she can't say anything in well in this case in Japanese. So you just got to kind of teach her words just like every now and again. And sometimes she can actually ask you questions with real words. Sometimes she's just saying nonsense. So I don't know how that happened, but you know, you teach her like greetings, like good morning, or, you know, she's like, what's your favorite food? Of course I say pizza because that's the right answer. What what, what does she say? She says like nantoka nantoka or something. Or, honya, 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 honya. Like, so she does know Japanese because that's a Japanese phrase. Yes, there it is. <laughs> so, but it seems like what they, they make in the game, at least, that she can understand what type of questions you're saying to her and stuff. Like, there's another goddess, you know, Matarasu, who's like goddess of goddesses, and this other goddess, um, God, what the hell's her name? Sun, not Sunko. Whatever, I totally forgot. But um, you know, the one. I mean, she's like a new goddess. That's why she doesn't know anything, and. Yeah, it's your job to teach her. But even whenever Amaterasu is still talking to, you know, this new goddess, she still kind of, like, understands, but she just can't respond. So it's kind of a common thing uh, whenever learning a foreign language. Sometimes maybe you think, okay, I got this. But then you're like, oh, God, what am I going to say to respond? 
So kind of a rel- relatable life lesson here from Capcom. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> almost too real. Yeah, almost. But one other game that I've actually been playing a lot of, and James, I know you probably have a few things to say about this as well, and uh, that be, that would be Super Mario Run, which okay. I'm sure all of you know and probably have played by now, but it's been out for a little under a week now. And so, James, did you actually end up buying it, or did you just, just do the free levels? Just the free. Okay. And then Cyrus and Ty, you guys don't have iOS devices? or? No, so I haven't touched it yet. I need okay. an Android. I know your answer. It's not out on Android? No, not yet. I, I wouldn't know anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah. So I'm not worrying about it based so, on what I've heard. <laughs> so, Danny, are you, are, you, are you high on it? Are you, what, are you good on it? What do you I'm, think? I'm not low on it. I'm not, like, super high on it either. Maybe somewhere between there. If I were to give it, like, a gut review rating or something right now, I'd probably give it, like, a... I don't know, 7.5, 7.9 out of 10 <laughs> or something. It's it's a well-put-together game. I think the, the mechanics and the touch and all that stuff, it's fine. I have no problem with that. Um, yeah, I mean, graphics, uh, you know, we've talked about this before on the show. I mean, I don't, at this point, I don't think there's a lot of people that are in our situation that are, like, kind of hardcore gamers that really care for that new Super Mario Brothers aesthetic, considering it's been going strong <laughs> question right. mark for like the past 10 years so it's not like the most visually appealing thing but i mean it still does look pretty good and I, you know somebody i think it was the nbc podcast they were talking about this and i didn't even think about it until today talking about like the the background and like all the levels and if you right. just if you look at it whenever your character's like stopped you can see it's just kind of like this kind of low res looking like just jpeg, JPEG. <laughs> right. and it's just that's just kind of weird because it doesn't have the parallax scrolling of the, the console ones, right? Right. And I mean, I imagine there's probably reasons for that so it doesn't kill your battery like how Mitomo did. Um, oh, yeah. That's Pokemon. Yeah, I haven't really seen how it affects the battery that much because you don't really play for that long, do you? Yeah. Even, I mean, I played for something like, I don't know, one time, 45 minutes to an hour because I was just going through a toad rally mm-hmm. uh, trying to just get some more toads and crap. But I mean, it only maybe sucked out about 10% of the battery or something, maybe 15 um, no, of course, that all just depends on your network connection. Uh, maybe if you have any other things running in the background, stuff like that. There's a lot of things that can factor into that. But yeah, it it definitely takes quite a long time to load. Similar to Mitomo and uh, mm-hmm. Pokemon Go, I guess it's like it loads up the title screen. You have to wait, and then you're allowed to press a button, and then it loads a bit more, and then it you're on the screen, right? I mean, get, getting into the levels itself once it, everything's loaded up, it's very fast. But like. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit slow. But, you know, the, it's, I guess it feels as close to a console game as you're going to get on a, right. on a smartphone, right? I right. mean, they're, trying to, they're trying, really trying to emulate the, the feeling of a, you know, a Mario game. And, you know, considering it's on a smartphone, yes, it does feel like that. But, <clears throat> it, <laughs> well, do you want to talk more about it before I lay into it? Go for it. Go ahead. <laughs> well, Basically, it's for, it's a Mario game for people who can't play Mario. Um, so it's basically Super Mario Scrubs. I mean, that's what Ty would probably call it. Sure. I mean, it's like <laughs> it just takes all the control away. You can't you can't go left. It's a it's an automatic runner. Um, I mean, the, the the weirdest thing for me was like the enemies. How you can't get killed by a Goomba. 
like Goombas cannot kill you. Well, the only way you can be, die from a Goomba is if there's like a like a semi-transparent platform above you with a Goomba on it, and you jump into his legs. That's mm-hmm. the only way you can die from him. Like if you just walk into him, Mario will hop over him, like vault over him. Right. Um, do, do you know that? You know when you get like a really lucky last-minute jump. I'm talking about like in a regular Mario game, like you kind of um, there's a there's an enemy just about to hit you, and you press jump, and you kind of like you jump into their head, into their face, and you and you hop on them. It's kind of like a really lucky. Th- it happens very very rarely. Oh yeah, it's it's like you don't actually bounce off them; you kind of bounce through them. Like you're, you're just it's like pop, pop, you're just like touching the front of his face just high enough to kill him, you know, one pixel down and you would have died, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's an incredibly rare occurrence in a regular Mario game, and and you're like you're like oh you know shit I almost died, Whew. like just killed him right. In Mario Run it happens all the time. Uh, it's basically just like you can't die, kind of thing. So like you you run into a Goomba, you press jump, and you'll do that every single time. You know, every single time you'll just you'll just kill him. It's um, it's kind of weird, <laughs> well, and it just feels like you know, there's like it'll run over because you're always running, and that's another thing that like you know your grandma can never do right is run and jump at the same time. So they've <laughs> kind of made that easy because you're always running. So you'll run over gaps, you'll run over, you know, even like two two block gaps, you'll run over, which okay. is kind of weird. Like it's not one, you know, one block, you know, but I'm pretty sure two blocks you can't run over two blocks right in a regular Mario game, right? No. So, you know, for the first few levels, it's it's kind of hard to die. <laughs> it's, yeah. it, well, I think the first level, it is almost impossible to die unless you... Yeah. Uh, you you got to be pretty bad or try be trying really hard to do it. Right, right. Um, I, will, I, was, I will come back with you on this, though. I mean, okay. I, yeah, I, it is... In those, in those first three levels, it is incredibly hard to die. But when you start getting later on into the game, there are some situations where maybe there's like a, a high kind of platform and there's like... I've, I've noticed this in the Toad um, Toad Rush Challenge stages and whatnot, mm-hmm. that it was kind of like a taller platform type of thing, and I try to jump over it, but if... And he's, like, right on the edge, so you got to either time it right to go under him or somehow hope that you can get over the top of him, or you're going to... Like, your, your legs are barely going to hit the side of him, and then you're going to die. So that's kind of annoying sometimes. You just reminded me, they've also added, like, um, uh, ledge grabbing. Which is like a new thing for Mario. Like he, he would just like grab onto a ledge and pull himself up. So I think that's to, just to avoid, you know, the fact that like, if you miss, like a like if you if you you're not just like bump, you're not just like face planting into a wall and just and then just jumping up and down it like this. Like you jump up, he'll just grab it and pull himself up. Right. So that's kind of because you if you run out of momentum, if you think about it, it this is like a. It's almost like a Sonic game. It's like if you run out of momentum, you can't go anywhere. In a, in a Sonic game, you would go back, spin, and then go, dash up, right? But with this it's, one, you can't do that. So that's why they've added the the ledge grabbing. I think it's just. I uh, think even without the ledge grabbing, I think even if you do die and you're in that bubble and you go back, I mean, it's kind of surprising how quickly you can get back to your. No, no I mean, the, there would be a, there would be times if it didn't have the ledge grabbing. There would be times where you would wouldn't be able to do anything. You would be just stuck. Oh, you know what I mean? Because you, you need to move forward, right? That's the only way. You can't go back. So oh, okay. So, yeah, I see. I mean. Even in the first level, there's a bit, there's like a quite a tall wall. <laughs> and if you didn't have the ledge grabber, you'd just, you'd just be like jumping up like an idiot, not being able to get up, right? Right. So they added that. Um, wall jumping is still there, but like um, apparently Dan Koopman's uh, mother didn't know about wall jumping. She couldn't do it. 
Mm-hmm. So that's the thing, you know, that uh, scrubs won't understand. <laughs> it's, it's weird that they've, um, you know, kept that in. And also they've removed uh, triple jumps, which okay. I think is really annoying because, you know, that's the one of the fun things about New Super Mario Brothers is that they've got the triple jump in a in a 2D game. But they did keep the um, the spin, the, the boop, boop, boop. The uh, what do you call it? The air spin or whatever. Uh, you know, I'd argue with uh, against the triple jumps <laughs> because I mean, it seems like there's more enemies placed just throughout the level, so it yeah, almost encouraging be, bouncing on enemies, aren't they? Yeah, it, it would almost be impossible with how many enemies are on a stage to even be able to get the clearance to do a triple jump. And yeah, like you said, bouncing off the enemies, you can if you're bouncing off consecutive enemies, you can get pretty goddamn high up there. Uh, I just remember there was like there was a like a pink coin or something, all right. And I and I was jumping at three times, and the third time I would have perfectly got it uh-huh. because it doesn't have triple jumping. I I didn't get it because I was you know I was supposed to bounce on an enemy, not do that. So right. I, was like, I was like, why is it? Why is this fucking triple jump not working? And then then it dawned on me that oh, it's because it's not in the game. <laughs> so it's it's a weird mixture of like um, moves that weren't there that don't need to be there, but they're there for scrubs. And then there's moves that should be there and are not like people who played the games before like me kind of expect them and they're not there so it's kind of like it's a weird mix mix, mix mash of both of those right. um but also like like i predicted i mean whatever like when this was first announced it's just like i've had too much new super mario brothers and yep <laughs> as soon as i started playing i'm like oh, i've done this before <laughs> it's like i'm doing it but with worse controls and i can't go back and collect stuff you know so it's just very very frustrating i mean i know they're encouraging just like one playthrough grab everything you can in one run like, so you kind of like you know you're supposed to restart and do it again and uh and ty is going to groan when i say this but like they've, they've actually made it i mean even harder to die you, when, if you die if you fall in a hole you'll get turned into a bubble and you just go back Right. <laughs> so it's just like you get like a free, like you get three lives yeah. in every stage, you know? <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's so weird, you know? Yeah. So you can, but you I mean, can get small and then you can die another three times on yeah. top of that. It's, it's like you said though. I mean, this isn't, I don't think if you want to play hardcore Mario, mm-hmm. mobile's not a place to do it. Hardcore <laughs> right. like, platformers like this, like precision mm-hmm. platformers, that's a, mobile is not where you want to do this. I mean, I think Nintendo, there's a lot of things that, they could have done very badly and thank God that they didn't at least, you know, yeah, this is like super Mario baby's edition, but I mean, it, it plays well and it's not like horrible, like technically, you know? Yeah. I, I could actually see people. I mean, the whole point of this game, I think is to encourage, you know, scrubs, Mario scrubs to actually play a real Mario game. Yeah. Like maybe on switch next year. So sure. I think this could do it because it's like, it's good enough to feel like a Mario game, but there's just so many things lacking that you're like, oh man, I, I, I like Mario. I wish I could play a real Mario game. And so it might encourage people like that. I mean, even if they don't pay for the full game, you know, just those three levels yeah. um, might, you know, encourage people to do that. So, you know, but I'd, I'd hope, I would hope people would play real Mario games after this. Right. Not, not just play this and think, oh, Mario's shit. I don't like this, you know. <laughs> James, I had, a, I had a question for you. And, um, yeah. I, and I misspoke earlier, not Toad Rush, Toad Rally. Is that something, do you have access to? When yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can play that um, as long as you have the tickets or yeah. coupons or whatever it is. Right. right. Yeah. So it's weird how the, um, I thought it was like the first world for free, but it's only the first three, like each, each world's only got three stages in, right? 
and then, and there's then a castle. A castle or, yeah. So it's like a really heavily reduced. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess you would expect for ten dollars or one thousand yeah. yen, it's, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you would expect that, right? Because <clears throat> you know, regular Mario game, you're playing whatever fifty mm-hmm. for whatever, however, eighty, ninety stages, right? This one you're getting what three times six, three times how many worlds are there? Well. Well, there's six worlds and four stages each. So. Oh, sorry, yeah, four. Yeah. Okay, so there's twenty-four. Do you know math? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, six worlds. Seriously, okay. Yeah. Wow. But then you know, twenty-four stages for ten dollars. Wow. Okay. Right. I, I don't know. know yeah. I, I don't know if this would keep people coming back. I know I I kind of lost interest in doing it, but you know, in the tour mode, just going through and at least on that first stage, I went through several times and got the pink coins and the purple coins and started working on the black coins. So I think I just bought the game and just went through the whole thing and started playing more, more uh, toad rally and stuff. I the, the black coins are kind of hard to get. Yeah. I think I, my first playthrough, I only played through the first level once with the black coins. I think I only found one, but that's just one time through. So mm-hmm. that's my excuse. <laughs> black coins. So, yeah. It's wow. kind of weird, but you know, it, if some people might find that compelling, um, I don't want to go through these same levels over and over again. It's just, I don't know. None of them really like kind of stood out to me. They didn't seem, they they weren't terrible, but like nothing made me think like, Oh my God, this is a really cool Mario level or anything like that. You know? Yeah. I think, yeah, this really is not targeting us. Is it? It really isn't. Yeah. Um, I thought that it could be like, we might be able to gain some enjoyment out of it, despite it not being aimed at us, but I don't, think i can i mean the toad it's got some good ideas that i would like to see put in other games like real mario games like um like the to- the toad rush is cool you know like kind of like turns into like an endless thing and you kind of you, you're being ranked against your friends like who can get the best score and stuff that's cool right. like maybe like um if it was in a, like a real mario game like um like a time attack kind of thing yeah. or like a speed run like like being ranked against your friends that'd be awesome right if, if it was in like a real you know mario game Right, and so, then you wouldn't have to maybe worry about just a time limit, or maybe you just be like, yeah, get to this goal at the end of this level. Because the way Toad Rally works, it's just, you know, you're timed, I think it's like 60 seconds or something, and you're just trying to wow these toads, and, um, yeah, yeah. you know, by getting <clears throat> coins and by maybe it, doing... It's similar to... Heads. It's similar to, I think it was called Coin... No, no, it's called Boost Mode, wasn't it? On New Super Mario Brothers U. Oh, I need to finish um, that. Which was it's very very similar. The sound effects and the the whooshing effect is just taken from uh, New Super Mario Brothers U. So like when you when you do well, then it you know things speed up and you get more items and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that was kind of familiar with that. But I didn't really enjoy New Super Mario Brothers U, and I didn't enjoy that mode of uh, U either. Mm-hmm. So um, <clears throat> yeah, I put a little I put a little poll out on Twitter like uh, which is the better game, and I just listed all the. Using Mario Brothers games, including Super Mario Run, mm-hmm. and fifty-two uh, percent uh, said that New Super Mario Brothers U is the best. <laughs> Second is the Wii one. Third is New Super Brothers DS or uh, New Super Brothers Two, and then Super Mario One was Run was last. So, from the people that follow me, at least you know, people are not really judging Run as a as a good. Uh, New Super Mario Brothers game as a standalone game, I guess. You know, maybe this is something I was thinking about, and maybe I bet somebody else in the world has already thought about this, but Mm -hmm. what if for the Switch to try to compel 
people that have tried out Mario One run, what if they put out some kind of like new Super Mario Brothers collection on the Switch, just to try to entice these people? Like, oh, I played that on my iPhone. I can play this <sighs> new video. I'd, ra- I'd rather just have Mario Maker. Oh, I mean, and then just have packs of levels based on right. that. Because, like, I mean, probably as we speak, people are designing new uh, Super Mario Run in uh, Mario Maker, right? I'm sure all the the run levels are being designed as we speak, if right. not now. Oh, right. Somebody's already done it, right? There you go. There it is. Um, so, which proves, you know, just how, you know, just it's just cookie cutter, right? Because it, it, I don't think it, there's anything, I don't think there's any new items or things in Maroon that you couldn't be done in Mario Maker. I think everything is there, right? Pretty I much. mean, from unless there's something in World 6, which, you know, blows your mind. No. <laughs> okay. So, um, I mean, yeah. So, in, I saw on, like, the, the My Nintendo, you can buy Toad as a playable character right. in Mario Run. Mm-hmm. Have uh, How does he change the game? Oh, right. So, I think he's faster, isn't he? A little bit he's faster. faster. And then, like, you could also, spoiler alert, you could unlock Peach, Luigi, and Yoshi. Um, oh, cool. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. And it, that's all based on, like, stuff you get in the Toad Rally where, like, okay. if you get X amount of red toads, you can unlock this. If you have X amount of red and blue and yellow toads, you can get this or that. That's the type of things that are you can kind of unlock. And it, that mode's kind of neat because you have, like, a quote-unquote kingdom that you're setting up. And uh, the more toads you have, like, kind of the better your castle gets. And um, you can put little buildings around and stuff. It's, I mean, it's not – it's very fitting for a mobile game in that sense. So. I just I just remember uh, Mario Maker has red coins as well now. Right, <laughs> that was in one of the later patches, right? right. And also they they also added in um, best times as well, mm-hmm. so you can easily do speed runs in Mario Maker and play against your friends. Yeah, so you could yeah. set the sixty seconds and yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing that you know Mario Maker doesn't have is this, that run does have is you know like I said the friends ranking thing. Which is it's just sorely lacking from every every Nintendo game. I mean, not just Mario games, just Nintendo games in general. They're so against having leaderboards. I don't know what it is with Nintendo and leaderboards, but you look in the history of Nintendo games, they've either just not put them in, removed them. If they're in like third party game, they they just remove them. It's just it's just so weird. I mean, you do have them, but they're only in third party games. Um, it's kind of bizarre. If they ever tried to justify that anywhere, that would make a good scrub quote. (laughs) Doesn't matter what they would say. Doesn't matter. They would just go straight on. I can't really think of any. Maybe Miyamoto said some bullshit about, you know, uh, they don't want to make people sad or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. The classic. (laughs) So they're asking in the chat for, uh, for this live broadcast. That uh, Swave five five one is asking: Have they announced a release date for the Android version of this game? They have not as of right <laughs> next now. Next year? <laughs> um, yeah, I think the, maybe the closest we got is maybe yeah, this next year. Nothing concrete though. So if you got an Android, you might have to wait. Well, obviously you have to wait a bit, a little bit longer. And Nintendo just says, "Please understand." So, but um, yeah, yeah it, it is kind of understandable how they would um, they would do it on iOS first because you know most people on iOS pay for things. <laughs> Android users tend to not pay for things. So That's right. <laughs> I'm not arguing. <laughs> I mean, I think in uh, I think I read like a, an article about this and they 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 quoted numbers for um is it Monument Valley? 
like quite a big uh, mobile game, right? Yeah, that had, uh, ugh, and it was some, stats. It was something like you know, forty percent of iOS users bought the full version, and it was like five percent of Android users <laughs> bought the full version. So you know, you go where the money is, right? Um, and you know, also, it's Japan. I think we've talked about this on the show before, but you know, Japan is a hugely iOS, which is quite unusual in the in the global scheme of things. You know, globally, Android is bigger, but you know, Japan is weird. They're yeah, just... <laughs> a lot of my uh, my coworkers are genuinely shocked when I show them I've got an Android and not an iPhone. Like, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> that Korean device. Yeah, I hear that sometimes. <laughs> right. <laughs> And uh, Fawful, also in the chat, mentions that Sakurai explained he thought leaderboards make people feel bad. That's why there's power level bullshit in Smash. (laughs) Okay, I get to find that. So power level is just like, it's just a number that keeps going up the more you do modes, but you have nothing to compare it against. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Mine's 9,000. Yeah. There you go. That's the dream. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's the same. It's the same that they're, they're so against leaderboards. I mean, if it's just, I mean, actually, no, they did have, and they were, there was awesomely integrated into Mario Kart Wii, and only Wii, not eight, not hmm. seven, not any other version after that, and every other version after Wii didn't have it. But you could, um, you could compare yourself to friends. You could download the ghosts, and they had these beautiful graphs, and they would show everyone's me, right. and like in relation to everyone. Every, it was it was so well done, and then nope, scrap that. That bullshit's not going to be in any other game for going forward. So confusing. I mean, we had we had a Danny. I don't know if you were on staff at the time, but like uh, you know, NWR, there were loads of sta- staffers all competing against each other for like you know the, the best times on levels and stuff. And you could download their ghost and then you know race against them and then see them. It was it was really exciting and really 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 cool feature. And it was it was the first time that I'd ever, ever maybe ever experienced that kind of thing, like you know, battling against people that you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to be the best and stuff. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. And then, yep, Nintendo Wi-Fi connection, rest in peace. Yeah, hey, <laughs> it, it might not have been perfect. God knows it wasn't, but it it somehow got the job done occasionally. <laughs> right. So, all right. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and end it for me. I just that's all I really had played, and um, thanks for helping me out there James because I know you're the only other one here on the show that had played it so Actually, James, would you mind kind of continuing on with new business if you have something else to talk about? So I've been playing this new mobile game called Super Mario Run. <laughs> uh, anyone have it, heard of it? Never heard of it. <laughs> hey, that's my, that's my line. I mean, still playing Pokemon Go, there was the update, which adds the... How many is, is it? 190 extra ones? Is that how many are in gold and silver? But they didn't add all of gold and silver. They just added some of the babies. Okay. Um, I haven't seen any in the wild whatsoever. So um, that's uh, that's because they're not in the wild. You, <laughs> can, you can only get them from eggs. It's only baby Pokemon. You can only hatch them. I, for some reason, I've seen a the the de-evolution of Magma, the the. I know Magma yeah, is the original. 
Magma. Yeah, I've seen. I've somehow he it is in my Pokedex as a seen Pokemon, and I have no idea how I saw it. Maybe at a gym. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know how that works. If you can see other Pokemon in gyms, but it, yeah, it does work. Yeah, if you if you go to a gym and click on it and then and look at uh, whoever's you know the champion of that, they will be added. I mean, oh, I, okay, okay. Yeah, because yeah, I, I guess someone had it in a gym then. Um, but I did see a Christmas Pikachu uh, near my house. I saw the little silhouette, which was so weird because it's like Zubat, Zubat, Rattata, you know, Christmas Pikachu, Zubat. And it was like, whoa, 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 whoa wait a minute. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> where's he? But he didn't come out. So um, I guess they just added it to everyone because oh, there there's no explanation why such a rare Pokemon would be where I live. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... They've, the chances of catching a Pikachu are way higher at the moment. It is still random luck, but, you know, go for it. And they also increase the the amount that, if you're living in a rural area, the number of Pokemon sightings have gone up. Yeah, and you get all the bonuses, you know, like daily streaks and stuff like that, which, uh, you know, is cool. You get lots of new, you get lots of Pokeballs every day, if you log in every day. Um... So yeah, um, that's enough of that. <laughs> uh, the main game I've been playing uh, is what I talked about last episode, Axiom Verge. Um, put a good few more hours into that. Um, I I actually got stuck for quite a while. <laughs> I'm, I'm not using a guide, and um, it's you know, it kind of it took me back actually. Getting stuck in a like this kind of you know Metroid game. Did it actually take me back to like Super Metroid, you know, the first time I played through it and, you know, not knowing where to go next and then going back to all the places you've already been with the new weapons that you have. It's like, okay, does this now unlock something else? Like, can I go there now? It's like, nope, that doesn't work. And you end up revisiting almost the entire map again. (laughs) (laughs) It really, uh, really took me back to, um, you know, Super Metroid days. So yeah, I was doing that for like a good, you know, couple of hours. So, but you know, I, for some reason, I wasn't actually that frustrated about that. Um, you know, because you know, I take it as a Metroid game. You know, and uh, it's kind of like that comes with the uh, comes with the the game, I guess, the, that style of game. Um, but I eventually found uh, what it was. You know, it was like, oh, of course. <laughs> It was like um, I'd just kind of forgotten about that section of the level, you know. It was just like I had to go right a little bit more and there was a thing which I could have unlocked <laughs> with this item I had. So the the item that is completely n- not Metroid at all is this um, glitch gun. I think it's a gun or a glitch ray or whatever, or whatever it's called. So basically... I think this is going to play more into the story as it unfolds, but I I don't quite know yet because I'm probably only about halfway through the game. But like you can actually, it it kind of fires out this kind of like um, this beam, and if you if you hit enemies with it, they'll kind of glitch and turn into like blocks. Sometimes they'll like just it'll it'll just look like you know like an older NES game when the when the the sprites glitch out and they go weird colors or stuff like that. <laughs> like just just before a game is about to do a hard crash, they kind of like look like that. Um, sometimes they'll just sometimes they'll die from the glitch thing. Um, other times they'll turn into other things and they'll actually destroy parts of the level. Hmm. Uh, and other times it'll just weaken them, and then you can shoot them with a regular gun. So everything kind of reacts differently. But also there's all these kind of doors 
which kind of like glitch doors, I guess, which kind of just block your progress. And that was the thing that uh, I needed to go through to to access the next part of the game. Um, so yeah, they do kind of like corner off, and there you can upgrade it as well. Like there were some doors which um, need extra glitch power to get through or to 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 change them into blocks. And the other non-Metroid uh, weapon or tool is a drill, which I guess it, it's the same kind of purpose as the, the moth ball, like, you know, moth ball bombs. You could, like, bomb little areas out and go inside. But this one, you're literally physically just drilling out parts of the level. So you, it does turn into a kind of like a not, a, not a pixel hunt, but, like, you know, when in Super Metroid, when you got the scan visor and... Uh, but you, you kind of develop a sense after a while, don't you? Uh, like, you, you look at a part of the stage and you go, that is bombable. You just look at it and you're like, I know that's bombable. And then you go, and sure it is, right? <clears throat> but until you develop that sense, you know, you, you don't know where to, to, to go, right? So I haven't, I mean, I, I haven't developed that sense for the Axiom Verge yet. Like, because when I see something, I think, oh, that surely would be drillable and it's not. And I, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And then other times it's, it totally looks like a normal wall and it, I, I drill it and I find this secret area and stuff. But the thing that's um, kind of weird, maybe it's, you know, like I talked about last time, it could be a restriction of the fact this is made by one guy is that there aren't actually that many secret rooms. Um, so like the reason why I'm like drilling everything, but not getting anything is maybe just because he hasn't actually designed that many secret rooms as a, you know, a big budget game might have, you know, uh, just kind of run out of things to hide in the level. I mean, there are a lot of things like there's, you know, health upgrades and weapon upgrades and stuff, but like, um, yeah, there's maybe not as many as you would expect kind of thing. Oh, maybe I'm just being crap. Maybe I'm just walking straight by stuff that, you know, I should have drilled and there was a secret room and I just didn't know yeah, about it. I think that's <laughs> but, you know, I find, I find a few things, but like, um, I just, I'm just hitting nothing most of the time. And it's just like, I just feel like an idiot just walking around with this drill gun, like like on every single wall. It's like, oh, that one's like, oh, maybe if I jump, it's like, I'm doing all these really complicated jumps to like get up to really high places. And okay, here we go. Oh, nothing. Fuck. Yeah, that is the most disappointing (laughs) thing when you're playing a Metroidvanias type game and you do this like crazy bullshit to climb up stuff and like, oh yeah, this is what they wanted me to do. And then it's like, no, that was... (laughs) No, it's just me wasting my time. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, and there was also this kind of cool thing, very, I'm, I'm keeping my kind of things that are not in Metroid kind of vein here. So like, there was this part where like, I did drill through a wall and then the screen kind of went dark, like kind of gray and the whole screen kind of glitched out. It, it, it You know, in any other game you would think that you've, you know, fucked up the game, but like, because it's, part of the story kind of thing so i kind of went with it and then i think there was even even some text or a warning or something like that and like i kind of went into this other part of the level which i think i'd been to before but it was like a kind of glitched version of it and it was slightly different and like the f- the further i went away from the what the entrance point it kind of got more glitchy mm-hmm. um I, I ended up dying and going back anyway but like um i thought that was really cool so maybe there's a you know, later in the in the in the game, there's maybe you're gonna have to use that kind of two world structure, which I thought was kind of exciting. It totally took me by surprise because you know up until that point, 
the game had just been pretty much like a standard, you know, Metroid game. And then it, all of a sudden I'm in this kind of like alternate universe with like, you know, glitches and everything. I was like, whoa, holy shit. Didn't expect... stuff, huh? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Stranger Things type of stuff, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. It was the upside down. Yeah. <laughs> yep, pretty much Metroid upside down. Um, so yeah, um, apart from me, you know, dicking around and getting lost and uh, drilling all the walls, I'm finally making progress. And uh, yeah, I'll, over Christmas, I'm sure I'm gonna I'm gonna finish it. I mean, I would be playing it now if we weren't recording a podcast. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm enjoying it, and it, it's it's kind of like a bit annoying because you know we're gonna do the you know game of the year later in the episode, and I know that I'm gonna add like so many hours onto this. Uh, game you know immediately after the podcast is finished so <laughs> but uh, you know i have to cut it i have to have a cut up point right so I, you know but anyway we'll save that for later <clears throat> so yeah uh yeah that's pretty much it All right, and uh, Cyrus, would you mind closing out new business for us? Cool. So, um, I, I've i been kind of doing a little uh, tidying up in the last few whiles, because I really want to play the new Pokemon, Sun or Moon, whichever one, but I'm not letting myself play it until I've cleared out all of my unplayed games on my 3DS. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I've just been going through and finishing all the ones that have been stacking up. So my conquests this week have been... Pokemon Alpha Sapphire was the first one. <laughs> really branching out. Very yeah, cool. yeah. Gotta, gotta get my fix somehow. So this this game, it's the remake of Sapphire from the GBA, and that was always like my favorite Pokemon was Ruby and Sapphire, and this game was just so boring. It was like it, it was such a by the numbers remake of a of hmm. a previous game. There was just nothing to it, and I stopped playing it halfway through. And I never do that with games. Hmm. Like I think I've I've only done that to a handful of games my whole life. I've walked away from halfway through. So this one, I said, okay, fuck it. I've only got like two more badges. I'll just finish the game to see what it's like. And I did. I grinded through it, finished it. Nothing special. But what really shocked me about Alpha Sapphire is after you finish the the Elite Four. And you've done the whole plot with with Kyogre and whatever Team Aqua. There's a you unlock this mission called uh, like Delta Mission, I think it's called. And Delta Mission is like this super condensed plot line, which is like the same amount of content as a full Pokemon storyline, but without any of the gyms or anything in between it. Okay. So, it's like this world hopping thing where you're flying back and forth to different caves and collecting items. And there's this, this insane plot that like, if I hadn't had it spoiled for me by watching that Pokemon generations short anime thing <laughs> that I would have been totally blown away while playing this. Cause it was like out of nowhere. It's way better than the story that you actually play in the game. Hmm. And it even like, uh, the, the main hitch is this big disaster is about to happen. And you come up with a way to stop the disaster, but uh, the this this character shows up and he's like, "No, you can't use that solution to stop this." 
because somewhere out there is another world almost exactly the same as this one but it doesn't have our technology and it doesn't have our like mega evolutions and uh and she, like she clearly explains she's talking about the old version of pokemon sapphire and it's like she and it's like that is fucking random as fuck for a pokemon game yeah it's like because <laughs> it's like so if you avert the disaster this way you are sending the disaster to them and they won't have the technology to stop it and uh so i'm like this is this is awesome i'm enjoying this so <laughs> That was cool. Really unexpected ending to have this total extra bonus chapter. But then as soon as I finished that, it was like, okay, finished, uninstall, yeah. delete from 3DS. I'm happy with my life. Sure. Um, so Ruby Sapphire for 3DS, if you really like Pokemon, it's more of the same. There's literally nothing to that sets it apart. And especially coming off, because I just played the Moon, the the Sun and Moon demo, which is like all of these really slick changes they've made to the Pokemon formula. And then to go back to this, it was like, oh, I remember all of these problems. So, bleh. Um, But after that, I moved on to the long-awaited James copy of Rhythm Thief, which... <laughs> James James gave to me I don't know how many months ago he got it in some free bundle or something. The what do you call it? Humble bundle. Oh yeah, yeah. Which which is where I got the uh, the Shanta game as well. Yeah, so the gift that keeps on giving. There you go. So for whatever reason, I had it in my head that game was like Ghost Trick. You know, the Capcom game where you <laughs> okay. where you possess things. So just that that was uh, always in costume. my mind. Yeah, maybe the, 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 red, the red suit. Yeah, the yeah. red suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see you. So, totally so then, wrong, but never mind. Go yeah, on. When, I, then when I started playing the game, it's like, oh shit, this is Professor Layton with rhythm action games. <laughs> what? And, and it was like, so I was very pleasantly surprised that it was nothing like the game that I thought I was getting sitting down to play. Hmm. And, well, thank and you for reading my review. Yeah, of course. I went back and uh, I didn't want to spoil the game. With your your excellent and in depth reviewing, would have just you know, yeah. What, what's the point of even playing the game once you've read a Danny Bivens review? You got a point. That's why I don't do very many reviews anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I was really happy with this game. Really pleasantly surprised. It was like I think it's only about eight hours long, but it's it's a short, solid game. I did have plenty of issues with it, but it was still a fun <laughs> game. Like. Sure. Uh, it's got a big variety of music games, and they they come up with, like, I don't know how they came up with so many ways to use rhythm as minigames. Right. Like, you fight, like, these... Napoleon has risen from the grave, so you fight his soldiers with right. dancing. And the sequences where you're, like, it's a, it's a cover-and-shoot mechanic, where you're, like, firing at guys. You're jumping on platforms in time to music. It's, like... You're, you fly a hang glider and shoot down things like... Oh, God, the hang glider. <laughs> is, is that the broken one, Denny? Yeah. I remember hating that. I was rereading that review a couple months ago, and I, was, I read hang glider. <laughs> as, you hang glider. as you do, you read your like, own reviews. Constantly. You know, someone's got to get those, get those numbers up, huh? Yeah, read a couple up, dozen yeah. times a day, you know? Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, so it has this big variety of controls. Sometimes you push buttons. Sometimes you're tapping the stylus and swiping or whatever. And other times you are using the tilt, the the gyro, gyroscope. In yeah, the, that's, that's the bad ones, right? Those are the bad ones. That is the major flaw of this game. Right. And 
And like I said before and other times, I play the game when I'm walking. Like, I play all my 3 games <laughs> when I'm walking to work or whatever. Wow. So, like, trying to walk and you're, like, tilting the thing around and, like, leaning back and forth. And uh, and I'd just gotten – I was just going on a train to Tokyo and I just kind of started playing the game. And I was – like, I just sat down and was like, I bet right now I'm going to get a bunch of these fucking tilt games while I'm on this train. And then, of course, it was like a stream. There's like one where you have to tilt left and right to get your dog to dodge left and right. Oh, and then, God. Yeah. Then immediately after, there was the hang glider one where you have to yeah. tilt the thing to the side to lock on and shoot. So I'm just sitting like wedged in the corner of the train trying to tilt without bothering people beside me. <laughs> Looking and, like uh, a great big Egypt. Yes. So that, that reminded me of when I played uh, Sonic Lost World. Which is, that's a really solid Pokemon, or not Pokemon, Sonic yes. game on, on 3DS. Also solid Pokemon game, good. Yeah, but it's got these... Uh, <laughs> those chows. It's, you know uh, that Face Raiders game, the one that comes uh, on 3DS? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. The, the, the special stages in Sonic Lost World are basically Face Raiders, where yeah. you, you fly around. And I was in an airport when I was like, I was waiting for my plane to come. So I was like, fuck it, I'll finish all these special stages. So I was just sitting in, like, standing in the middle of the lobby of the airport, just going, wee, like, flying around trying to beat these levels. It's, uh gyroscope, man. I hate them. I hate them, and I love them at the same time. <laughs> right. I mean, at least for Rhythm Thief, it had the excuse of, this was pretty early in the system's life. I think it was, it came out a year, not even a year after the system had launched. So you could kind of get away with stuff like this, <laughs> you know? But... Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree, Sai. I mean, the, I liked pretty much everything about that game, the aesthetic, music, voice acting. All of it was really cool, but just, yeah, the gyro stuff just really turned me off. So, And there was two other things that bugged me about it. One was uh, the ranking system in the game. Oh, that, that was kind of bullshit, wasn't it? Yeah, because it's like <laughs> you've got a bar on the top of the screen as you hit notes on perfect or great timing your life bar will go up and it'll show you you're currently at an A rank. If you miss a few notes, it starts to drop down. So you always know at what level you are, which is neat. Except they have this ratio system where if you if you get hit, at the, if you miss a note at the start of the song, it does a tiny amount of damage. If you miss a note at the end of the song, it does a ton of damage. So you could be having, and it literally happened today. I just finished the game today, like a few hours before the podcast. Congratulations. And yeah, it was, it was good stuff. I, I ran through that like in about a day or two days, I think, playing it. Nice. And I was on a lot of trains, but <laughs> it um the it was uh, you're controlling the dog, and I perfected the whole song. I didn't miss a single note the whole way through, except I missed the last note of the song, which uh, and it dropped my rank from an A to a D in one hit oh, in this yeah. whole song, and. That's just that's such awful game design to like <laughs> to punish you for a single missed note to that extent is crazy, and it's really depressing. It makes you not want to go back and play the song again because Ty's not listening, so I'll say it for him. Good, good. Yeah, good, good. and <laughs> don't miss any notes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah, and uh, and like for the the start of the game, I was like, okay, I'm gonna A rank every level, and I A rank like if you go back through my rank, my checklist, it's like almost eight all A ranks the whole way through, and then I hit my like I start hitting the gyroscope levels, and then that ranking damage starts coming in, 
and you can see my score is just start to dip on the bad levels and then I'm like fuck it and they all start to plummet from that point on I just wanted to finish the game yep uh, and my final complaint was it had some weird localization I'm I'm guessing this was not in the Japanese one like censorship mild censorship of hmm. so later on in the game two characters get shot do you remember those sequences uh no <laughs> okay well there's two points in the game you get shot i'm not going to spoil what happens but they try to do it tactfully where a guy kind of approaches and he's got a gun and then it pans away and it shows like this epic view of the eiffel tower and uh in in what I, I assume in the Japanese version, you hear a gun ring out at that point, where it's like you don't see him fire the shot, but you hear the gun going off, mm-hmm. and then it cuts back and it shows the character is like keeled over after being shot. But in my version of the game, there is no gunshot sound, mm-hmm. so it just shows this guy holding a gun, aiming a guy. It pans away to this lovely view of Paris, then it cuts back, and your guy is keeled over, crying from a gunshot. And, <laughs> so you think he's like crying at the beauty of the Eiffel Tower? Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Might be. And, it's, and they do it twice, and it's just like it kills the mood of the the thing because honestly, I had no idea why it was panning away. I thought it might be doing like I have you now, and it's panning away to transition to a different location, but then it cuts back, and your guy has been shot, and it's like, what just happened? <laughs> so. I'm guessing for the European release, they removed the gunshot sound to to make it less scary or something. But yeah, I mean, I un- unfortunately, that man, it's probably been at least four years since I played it. <laughs> so it's, it yeah, just remembering something that specific. I wish I did, but um, <laughs> Danny doesn't remember what he had for breakfast this morning. So it's <laughs> well, a bit of a push. I, I never eat breakfast, so there you go. <laughs> That's why. Um, <laughs> for. Uh, for cool points, things that I really was like super happy to see is, is that it's got all these cool cameos or nods to previous Sega music games. Like, uh, you meet this guy and he's in like the big Mexican samba outfit. Right. And uh, big sombrero and maracas. And when you talk to him, he gives you like, it's a straight up, it's Samba de Amigo. It's Samba de Amigo music. And even the the display changes to Samba de Amigo, de Amigo style of the like the ring of six notes and you use the D-pad and the the analog stick to, to hit all the notes. Hmm. And that was super cool. It's like, oh man, this is straight up a mingo. And even talks about, yeah, in my town, we play music so much that even the monkeys dance with us sometimes. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. <laughs> and uh, then you talk to him again and he plays music from Rub Rabbits. That yeah, I old... definitely remember that too. Yeah, I that. yeah, the DS, the other, like the silhouette, the romance rhythm game Sega had weird fun game it no, wasn't a rhythm, wasn't a rhythm game but I yeah think it, was it was just a, a touch game. mini game thing yeah. Yeah. yeah then uh and there's this other guy and it was a little more subtle that i thought was cool was you fight this you meet this imposter version of your own character and when you talk to him he plays space channel 5 music and he does it's the same exact space channel 5 like left up right shoot 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 and you have to copy what he does but because he's the evil doppelganger version of you, he only plays the evil doppelganger music from Space Channel 5. Like, Evila, the evil robot reporter. And he plays her music, and I'm like, oh, that's a cool, subtle touch to, to use her music. So that was that was fun. Those were, like, really big cameo smile moments for me. So good job, Sega. 
And then you bump into this blue hedgehog guy called Sanic. Yeah, I didn't quite get that one. (laughs) (laughs) Does he get shot? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) That brings me back to my Sonic fanfiction days. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you guys saw that uh, Sonic uh, animated show I retweeted. No? No. Well, we'll get to that later, but it's amazing, and I think it's mandatory for you to watch it. I, 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 tw- I retweeted a picture, somebody taking a screenshot of Mario Run and Sonic Jump, the two, oh. the two iOS icons next to each other saying, isn't that the wrong way around? Yeah. Damn. Um, Two stars. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I think I was the one who retweeted that from someone. But Think Sonic- about it. Yeah. In in conclusion, Rhythm Thief, that's a cool game. If you haven't played it and you like rhythm games, give it a shot. It's probably really cheap now because it's really yeah. old. Cheap as dirt. It was cheap for you, wasn't it? Yeah, man. <laughs> can't beat that price. Um, so the last game I played, aside from the Overwatch and Street Fighter V stuff, but I played... Uh, I was just in Akihabara the other day, <laughs> Christmas Christmas shopping. I didn't know you played Street Fighter V still. Yeah, I know. Oh, you weren't on the last episode, Cyrus. You need to defend your honor or defend your game's honor. I asked Ty, because what was it, Ty? We were talking about Pokken versus Street Fighter Five. Why was that? Was it... They were voted for, like... Man. Oh, it was at some shitty game awards or whatever. Oh, right? yeah, oh, yeah, best competitive game of the year or something. And it, Street Fighter Five beat out Pokken. So, and I asked Ty, like, which like, which is the better game? And he and took about 10 minutes to answer because he, he just thought they were both terrible or whatever. <laughs> yeah. True story. I still believe that. <laughs> was he, he interspacing every second complaint with should have been Killer Instinct? Or... Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm assuming you you take Street Fighter Five over Pokken. Any, any yeah, version. Yeah, I, I still play Street Fighter Five, so that's a good indicator. But like arcade, because there's no arcade in Street Fighter Five, right? So Yeah, there is one coming, though. So that I don't play it very much, but if there's an arcade release, I will probably play it more. And... So Pokken Arcade versus... Street Fighter Five console, like which one? Uh, Street Fighter Five. Okay. Because people play that. People don't play Pokemon. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm pretty excited about season two. Street Fighter Five just like is launching right now. I'll download it when the show is over. Both me and Ty are like waiting for our stuff to finish downloading. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm exci- excited that finally disconnects count as losses. Yes. So like this sounds like. <laughs> Technology, holy shit! They and even like I have a I have an arcade stick and like I spent an obscene amount of money on this thing, but its its type of input is not compatible with Street Fighter Five. It uses called direct input versus analog input, and the so I have to use these annoying like third party programs to get Street Fighter to even recognize my stick is plugged in. Yeah. And they're finally fixing that, so that will be immediately make the game easier for me to play. And they they released like a ninety six page patch list of uh, of what they've done to the game. So, fighting games that's serious business. <laughs> Remember when they used to not release any notes at all? <laughs> what like last week? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I don't care about Street Fighter Five. No one cares about that. I want to play about the latest and greatest competitive fighting game that I found in Akihabara when I was Christmas shopping last week. Nitro Plus Blasters. No, even newer. It's this Ooh. game called uh, Magician's Dead. What? 
Kazutsu, which is a great Japanese name. <laughs> so Undernight in birth. <laughs> and it's just magicians in this really stylized font and then dead in like block capitals, like Fake. stamped onto it. Fake. Man, this game looks fake as shit. Like, if I took a picture of this, this would be on fake or real, and you wouldn't know. <laughs> so, the controller is in your left hand. You use a Wii Mote nunchuck. So it's a nunchuck from the Wii. <laughs> what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is on the Wii. This no, this is in the arcade, and uh, so it okay. uses <laughs> it uses a nunchuck controller. This is like. If they didn't break into Nintendo and steal the mold for the nunchuck, I don't know where they got this thing from. <laughs> but but it is a nunchuck. It's an analog stick and two triggers, same as a nunchuck. And it's got the same, you know, the nunchuck grip shape. I'm looking at this on YouTube right now. This guy is demonstrating it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like, so you've got the nunchuck in one hand. Then in front of you, you've got a standard arcade controller, the six buttons and start button. But... All of the buttons have been removed, except for one button. So you've got a nunchuck in one hand and a single arcade button in front of you. Then uh, then behind that, there's a motion sensor that's built onto the cabinet. God, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is happening. This is real. <laughs> and so the idea is you're a magician playing in this game, and uh, you put your hand into the motion sensor field, and it picks up where you're aiming on screen. Oh, yeah, there's a reticule and everything. Yeah, and what really shocked me about this, I looked at this going, what is this fucking insanity? And it is really easy to play. Like, Holy look, crap. You this move, is amazing. You move with the analog stick and it moves your character. It's like a like a Naruto game or a Dragon Ball game, kind of a third person over the shoulder. Like the Gundam games. Yeah, <laughs> same thing. And you put your hand into the field and you like target on screen by moving up, down, left, right. And you make different shapes with your hand, and that is a different weapon or a different attack. So with the character I picked, you put your hand like straight into the field, like palm down, and with your thumb out. And if you want to fire a blast, you twitch your thumb in against the side of your hand, <laughs> like you're pulling a trigger. And, and it's, it picks it up. It's got, like, this motion sensor is ridiculously accurate. And so you can just go pew, 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 and shoot bullets with your thumb. And... Then, or you can aim at like pieces of the scenery, like a, say a, a stack of barrels or crates or whatever. And if you make a fist, you'll telekinetically pick them up off the ground, and you can throw them at guys. Huh. And my character, you could, uh, if you moved your nunchuck into the field too with two hands, it becomes a sniper rifle, where you again use your thumb to twitch, but it zooms <laughs> in really far. And uh, it's fucking crazy. Like, who came up with this bonkers setup for this game? <laughs> And there was a, there's like 15 characters in the game. Some of them are like Harry Potter wizards. Other of them are like Vocaloids and like any, anything goes in this. And each character has six different weapon loadouts. And each weapon loadout has three different attacks. And the attacks are all different hand motions. So some people have the thumb twitch, some have the grab, some have like do a twist your finger like a spin in the air or whatever. And uh, so that's a game I want to play more of because that was really weird but really easy to play. Yeah, I want to play this too. This looks fun. <laughs> yeah. So this this like I've mentioned a couple of times that arcades in Japan are in like this this user input arms race where they're trying to come up with the most <laughs> insane setups. 
Yeah, if you just uh, Google the game Magician's Dead, the top result is a YouTube of, uh, I'm assuming, one of the game producers like demonstrating the game. And uh, I was watching him doing exactly what Cyrus was saying, like, at the exact same time. It was amazing. <laughs> and, uh, and it sounds really awkward. Like, it sounds like that is the most terrible system. But this is, this is really, really smooth. Like, the only thing I had trouble with was trying to do the sniper shot, because I wasn't quite sure how it wanted me to use my nunchuck hand. But aside from that, like, the grabbing stuff and throwing it was was exactly how... I felt I should be doing it, and the thumb twitching was aiming. I was just pointing at stuff and shooting at it with my hand, and it was super easy. So, if either of you have a chance, give this a shot in any arcade you find it in. Yeah, it sounds pretty interesting. I'm sure, shit, don't have that at the arcade in my town. There's a bad uh, Elibits. The heck is Elibits? Oh, Elibits! I remember yeah. that. That was <laughs> sounds like Elibits. <laughs> that was the that was the thing where you had to like. Twist screws and stuff with the nunchuck or with the Wiimote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly yeah. what you just described. Yeah, yeah, it's like elements, but like competitive action multiplayer version of that. It's <laughs> like, it's like if you combine Gundam with elements, that's what you got. Cool. You go. <laughs> <laughs> Sold. Sweet. Um. Yeah, but that's pretty much all I've been playing. That fucking random Akihabara game and cleaning my plate. All right, so next we're going to go ahead and move on to the news. Maybe we might want to go through this a little bit quicker. We spent a lot of time on uh, new business today. This is regular news, right? Not Japan news. Yeah, this is pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start with some of this Switch stuff. And uh, James, would you mind kind of getting us kicked off with the Switch news we have here? Okie dokie. Well, I guess, well, you know, Famicast Curse hit, (laughs) I think, maybe the night of our the the last episode going live. Mm. Um, (laughs) What basically happened, right? You know, roundabout. After the time, we could have actually mentioned it on the last episode, as right. always. Yep. And that was uh, the big one was that the uh, GameCube games uh, are looking likely to be coming to a Nintendo Switch Virtual Console, which is the first uh, for the GameCube. The GameCube games haven't been re-released on any uh, console. Well, I guess you could count those uh, Wii games. You know, oh, the Wii. The- Wii de Esobo. As yeah, it was exactly. called in Japanese, uh, what was it called? Like new play control. One. Yeah, there it is. Pikmin two and Metroid. Metroid. Oh no! They they sep- the in Japan, they separated them, didn't they? They put all yeah. like Metroid one, Metroid two, all on different discs. Yeah, yeah. And then and the the, the West got you know the trilogy, right? Never got it over here. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Why would it? So yeah, yeah it's uh, looking pretty exciting, right? And so, I mean. Melee was um, the, the one of the games to come up, um, which is got me thinking about a topic we were talking about on this show um, when the Switch, when we we're talking about the Switch after it got initially revealed, or like you know the the whatever it was the big the big trailer showing uh, you know it in action, 
and we and then there was the uh, the esports tournament, and we're talking about you know how could the switch be useful at a you know like a games tournament, like or a fighting game tournament, something like that. And we ultimately decided no, <laughs> uh, because uh, I think Ty mentioned that they would have to be like a land kind of situation, which would be just take too much time or whatever, right? Right. But but I we I did agree that it would be good oh. for practicing, right? I, I don't see how it couldn't work. I mean, if it all has Maybe. you know what, like uh, what the heck am I looking for? You know, with 3ds, you don't need to be online to be playing other people. You can play locally, and mm-hmm. Switch could allegedly do that type of stuff too it could could, but you know if you ask me it's gonna depend on a lot of things like you know especially if you're like a, a top level smash player if you know if your input delay is like one frame behind or any bullshit snafu like that that could happen right okay yeah we talked no talk about this somewhere like uh, the fact that the controllers by default are not wired they are wireless mm-hmm. right but we're gonna we're gonna actually we're gonna talk about more about this later. But the the patents um, came out and they were showing really like in detail like how these things slide onto the system and stuff. And they do have kind of connectors inside, like kind of magnetic things that look like it's connecting to the system itself. So I don't know if that means you know inputs are going through there as well. So when it's connected, it's kind of like when it, the controllers, sorry, the Joy Cons are attached, it acts like a wide controller. But anyway, we're kind of going off the the main topic, Sorry. which is GameCube games on and Switch. So yeah, Melee is looking like a, a sure shot, and also Sunshine. Oh, what, come on, you suck! Worst 3D Mario ever. But, you know, it's you know when I say it's the worst 3D Mario ever, which is a fact. Um, that doesn't mean it's like it's a bad game, but I just mean it's the worst 3D Mario. Right? Do you do you agree? I it'd probably be pretty close. I'm, what, what's head, what's worse than sunshine? Yeah, thinking off the top of my head, I, I don't know. I'd have to really. Think I mean, more some about some that. people. I'm not going to name names, but some people were incorrectly saying Galaxy Two is not as good as Mario Sunshine, and those people are, you know, clinically insane because like Galaxy Two is like an amazing game. I silly to play that. What? <laughs> Lady Lindus in the chat is saying, hmm. "Oh, for heaven's sake, Sunshine isn't barfworthy bad." Yeah. I, yeah, James, yeah, the way the way you prefaced it, you're like sunshine, bleh, and you're like, but it's not a bad game. <laughs> well, I I just immediately think of like those four or five of just horrible, horrible missions, just like oh, it's so bad. You know what I'm talking about? You I know. know. I'm just giving you cleaning that. up shit. You know, like I, I kind of like that collecting fruit and like uh, oh, the, yeah. the pachinko game and like just bad camera angles and just shitty. You boring could missions. Move and stuff. the camera with the C stick. But there were times when it got stuck, and it was like bullshit. It was like you know, the 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 water hovering and uh. Anyway, dude, I hundred percent of that game. I can say whatever the fuck I want about it. <laughs> dude, I did, barely did cleared the whole game and saw the credits. So I can say and do whatever the fuck <laughs> I want anywhere in my life. So boom. <laughs> null and void all opinions from Danny. Yes. Um. So yeah. I mean, I would like to see some, you know, more, more rare, rare games. Not, not rare, because that may mean Star Fox Adventures. That's I don't mean that. Okay, well, you know, less easily available games, you know, and sure, 
yeah and a more flexible price i mean they talked about this on um, rfn kind of recently it's a big topic you know more flexible pricing structure not gamecube game therefore it's 15 dollars. right i mean we, we of- game therefore it's 20 dollars. that's bullshit I mean, even if we think about whatever the virtual console first came out, which was 10 years ago, I mean, five bucks for an NES game, why not cut everything they have right now in half and then just kind of just go from there or something, you know? Or how about games like Wrecking Crews should be $2 and not 5 Oh, there you go. <laughs> I mean, hey, even with on the 3DS, you know, with the original Game Boy. Yeah, they, they are flexible on 3DS, aren't they? Well, with those original Game Boy games, kind of. I can't speak to the West, but I know most of the original Game Boy games here were 400 yen. But I think some of them I, might I have got been, some for like 100 yen, 150 yeah, yen. There were sales, but yeah. I guess the point I'm trying to make is some of them were like basically 100 yen cheaper than the other ones. And they were already pretty damn cheap. So I don't see why they couldn't do that. Like you said, yeah, Wrecking Crew. Who wants to pay like five bucks for Wrecking Crew? <laughs> right. I don't even want to do that. I mean, with GameCube, it's quite exciting because, you know, uh, there, there are no portable devices that can run GameCube games. I mean, like, you could, did they run on Vita? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I know people, you know, PSP and Vita, people always talk about, you know, I can play SNES, I can play every SNES game on my Vita. You, well, yeah, congratulations, but can you play N64 GameCube games on your Vita? Can no? you? Can you hack the firmware and run them? I don't know. What does the chat say? I would severely <laughs> doubt GameCube anyway. I mean, there are no portable systems that, I mean, other than a freaking laptop, of course. <laughs> there, there's no handheld console this big that plays GameCube games. So that's pretty exciting. If it, if it is indeed true, which it's, it's looking likely it is. So, right. Yeah. What games would you want, Danny? I would like Blue Storm. I love Blue Storm. Oh, God, I don't like that one. Um, <laughs> maybe the original Pikmin. I still need to beat that. <laughs> so boring. Uh, yes, it was Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes. Let me beat that. <laughs> I'd like to play the Monkey Ball games again. I really liked the first one. I hated the second one. Skies of Arcadia. I would like to get that back. Get a Dreamcast. Ooh, RPGs. That's a good. That's a good. Yeah, uh, well, cool. Skies of Arcadia. The game you had a bunch of extra stuff. I've already okay. cleared the Dreamcast one like a bunch of times. Oh, that was one of the first purchases I, well, in Japan, I found a Skies of Arcadia Dreamcast Limited Edition. I bought that, somehow managed to fit that and tons of other gaming stuff in my suitcase 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty exciting to think about these kind of full big console games on a you know, portable device. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, next. So, yeah, this is kind of going around, making the rounds at the moment this week. It's kind of big, is that. Uh, talking about the switches uh, gpu cpu speeds um <clears throat> increasing de- and decreasing as it's docked but um it's not really much of a big deal it just that's just physics you know it's the same thing for like a laptop when you plug in a laptop the cpu can run faster yeah like i and play like, overwatch yeah. or street fighter on my laptop when it's not plugged in i get terrible frame rate in all of my games but if yes. i haven't plugged in it's fine it's nothing to get upset about. I mean, it it's going to run whatever forty percent faster when it's docked. Then, well, yeah, obviously, <laughs> it's been upscaled to you know whatever ten eighty p when it's on the TV. And then when you uh, undock it and you take it with you, it, the CPU speed goes down and the resolution goes to seven twenty. It's like, well, yeah, that's what you expect from a, a little portable device, right? If it was like the fan was going at full speed all the time, the battery would be like you know twenty minutes, wouldn't it? <laughs> right. 
It'd be like Mitomo on acid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, for Christ's sake, the iPhone. I mean, it's a freaking portable device, and you know, the battery can run down in you know, you know, in minutes with the certain certain applications, right? <laughs> and now we're talking about this freaking full console thing that plays Zelda games and well, God knows what else. If you know, cut us some slack, you know, right? <laughs> what do you expect? You know, yeah. this is not magic. Physics, deal with it. Um. Next, so apparently the Switch is going to be able to, I mean, hopefully you guys can help me out with these. This makes no sense to me. Uh, Switch is going to support Vulkan, OpenGL 4.5, and OpenGL ES. <laughs> Does that make any sense to anyone? Nope. Good. So I know OpenGL, yeah, like I've got a vague idea what it means, but I'm so out of the loop with my programming days that... <laughs> OpenGL, I remember that from my Quake One days. Yeah. Hey you. Well, I think we have a. If it's not on there already, it's going to be up there soon. Carmine Red did a write up about this on the All site. Right. Yeah. I think kind of maybe like more in depth, or maybe he was just it was just a news story. I could have swore some kind of like explanation type of a piece, but either way, check it out. He he, he knows a lot about this type of stuff more than any of us. I would imagine. So apparently, ID Software, the makers of Doom. Uh, uh, patching Vulcan support into the PC version of Doom, which would uh, give them super high frame rates. So, yeah, if that's on Switch, that can be only good things. Cool. I'd, I'm not, that doesn't mean Doom is coming to Switch or anything. I'm just confirmed. Saying, uh, James Charles. <laughs> there you go. Confirmed. <laughs> that would be pretty cool, though, right? No, be, yeah. yeah. Portable Doom. Hey yo. Um, <clears throat> what Doom sixty four on the VC. Doom 64. <laughs> and the last one we've got, uh, I alluded to this earlier, the patents that came out. I mean, NeoGAF got this huge page of just like, just so many Switch patents. So the interesting ones are, you can have, uh, I mean, if you want to see all the kind of nitty gritty details of how everything connects together on the Switch, you can see everything. Um, <clears throat> there's, a, there's a controller, a Joy-Con, I mean, I, we're, we're looking at this in the uh, in the uh, agenda here. If you look at just below what we're looking at now, and uh, Danny, hopefully you can put these pictures in the uh, in the enhanced feed. But like, there's a Joy-Con with a D-pad on. Yep. So this is, I mean, we are. I think we already predicted this on the show itself um, that they would do a Joy-Con, like a call it a retro Joy-Con or something. Maybe style it like the NES or Famicom colors. I could just imagine them doing that, right? <clears throat> Hello. Yeah, yeah for, like have GameCube. If they're gonna, if they're gonna, oh yeah, yeah, them, GameCube. Like if they do Malay on uh, as a GameCube, like virtual console title, I could totally see them doing GameCube style controllers to slot onto the Joy-Con. Yeah, I could just imagine now, just like just like a in the game shop, you just got these like plastic um, things, just like two Joy Cons inside the pack. Rip them, rip them up, and slot them in. Like SNES, GameCube, whatever NES, mm. all all kind of retro themed and stuff with the decals on and everything. That'd be pretty cool. But anyway, the the pattern is just a very plain, you know, obviously black and white line drawing, right? Um, of showing that exact thing. Um, so yeah, D pad instead of a an analog stick, which is one thing. And there's also four players, four Joy Cons on one Switch, so you can actually do four player. Wow. Uh, on the go, basically, 
Oh, that's good. How, I was actually very curious about that one. How you would do a split screen on a, a, t- a tiny screen like but that? It, it, it could be something like Bomberman, where it's not a split screen. Yeah, yeah. Or, that, you know, Melee. melee. Yep. Yeah, or Melee with tiny little controllers. You know, how you got to have that Melee. Right. Wait a minute. How many buttons do you need for Melee at the minimum? Um, so three and uh and up is technically on a d-pad so you can get away with three and a d-pad you need you need five but you can get away with three right yeah so and the switch has four and you do have triggers as well so you you do have the all all five if you if you need that so yeah it could work yeah it could work portable melee virtual console on the go that'd be amazing um so yeah it's yeah it shows various configurations like that like multiplayer on the go uh, uh two joycons four joycons um and also like you could even have the the two and the two so like you can have uh you know what i mean like the left and right joycons for player one and then another set of left and right for uh, player two so you could play like oh, okay, you, know, yeah. you could play a dual analog game in two player or you could just play regular NES style with four player. That's sure. what the, the patterns were showing you. Right. And the the craziest one uh, is the uh, the VR headset. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which I've also put in the agenda. So it's like a it's like a slot in thing, which is like is that like Gear VR? Is it called the one that you put in your yeah. smartphone in? So it's a very basic thing. It's you know like basically whatever Google Cardboard or Gear VR. Just two eyepieces. Yeah, like I was trying to understand what I was looking at here in this schematic. I'm like, oh, okay, it's a VR headset. That's cute. Yeah, well, it makes complete sense. You take off the Joy-Cons. The the Switch is just a screen, isn't it? So whether that will be high enough resolution to do um, VR properly, I mean, that's another thing. I mean, this could be very, very restrictive. It could be just like a very cheap, simple plastic, you know, uh, shell that you can buy. I imagine it would be. Just for like you know twenty dollars or whatever, and it would only work with like three games, all made by <laughs> Nintendo. Right. Project Guard, no, not Project. Guard. What's the one that hasn't come out? Uh, oh, Project, Project Giant Robot. God. Project <laughs> Giant Robot will be a launch game for Nintendo VR. That one, um, the 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 one that came with Makes Star sense, Fox right? Assault, the the yeah. camera game. Oh, oh the God. game with Star Fox Zero. Yeah. Star Fox Assault. That's the one I just said. That's just one yeah. I said twenty seconds ago by accident. Yeah, right. that one. That, would, that could work with VR. That'd be fun. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if they do this, it'll be like three tech demos, and that's all you'll ever get. Um, I don't really like see regular VR. Yeah, <laughs> <Hey>, uh, <laughs> I agree with that a lot. So yeah, um, check it out. There's lots of cool stuff. If you want to see the nitty gritty details of the Switch, it's pretty cool. Because right. up to, up until now, people have just been like taking screenshots of the trailers and stuff, haven't they? And like yeah. zoom enhance, zoom enhance, you know, trying to find out where the buttons are and stuff. But you know, the pattern just shows everything very clearly. So um next, yeah, let's move on to some gamey stuff. Uh, say, say, before we do that, uh, Cyrus, would you mind throwing out stuff about the contest for listeners mm. right now? So I, mean, I have a stack of uh if you've watching the video feed, I've got a stack of these amiibo cards. Um ooh, Sanrio. So I want to give them out in a bunch of different ways. So um, I'm going to give out a few with like a retweet competition 
are I'm going to give out a few for a quiz on the show, and I want to give out some now for this. Is So we just listed out a bunch of stuff about the Switch that's upcoming, and it's all kind of vague, like will it, won't they? So we want to know of you listening, what are you most interested in seeing on the Wii? Or not on the Wii, on the Switch. So... <laughs> So what are you most looking forward to? What what GameCube games? What features? Whatever. And uh, we want you to email us your answers. And what is the email address to this lovely podcast? Famicast at NintendoWorldReport.com. Um, if you don't have access to email, which I don't see that as being possible, tweet at us <laughs> <laughs> at the Famicast. The Famicast, all one word. Hmm. And tell That's us what you're, what you're looking forward to most. Yep. And uh, then we will, what do you think, a random draw or pick our favorites? We'll, we'll pick our favorites. Well, for this one, we're going to do two. Yeah, for, two, two packs. Yeah, later in the episode for the quiz, maybe two or one. We'll see kind yeah, of about we'll see. participation. But then, like Cyrus said later, we're going to do something on Twitter as well, so keep your eyes peeled on our Twitter account. So, so as far as I know... These haven't been released outside of Japan yet, these Sanrio Cross Animal Crossing cards, so this is a good chance to get your fingers in on the pie. Yeah, even if you're listening to the audio version, you know, we'll give a little bit of a time window, not just, you know, because it makes it fair if, if you're kind of late on listening to stuff. Um, but if it's like two months later, sorry, they're probably already gone. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll many, announce on the Twitter page when it ends. Right. How many are we giving away in this format? So I'll give away two packs for this. So you send in your your suggestions, what you want for this for the switch, and I will pick two of our best answers, and okay. I will send them out to you. And one more will be given away uh, for the winner of the quiz, which we'll be doing later, right, Danny? Sure. sure yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you are eligible to enter as many of these as you want. If you wanna, there'll be three chances to win packs of cards. You could potentially win three packs. Cool. All right, well, let's kind of continue on with the rest of the news. The game's coming up here in a little bit, too, so stay tuned for that. Uh, some other bits of news. James, do you want to do some of the other stuff that was up top there? Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven has been triple confirmed for the <laughs> Switch. I mean, it was accidentally confirmed, reconfirmed, and now it's, um, yeah, confirmed again because they showed the th- uh, PS4 and 3DS builds, and they had two kind of trailers that were kind of attached to each other. Right. Um, showed the PS4 version and then the 3DS one. The 3DS one looks really cool, actually. I love how it's kind of like 2D at the bottom, but right. it's like 3D at the top. It's it's so clever. Like you know, you see like an an old lady in the in the village, and then as a sprite, and then you look up, and there's like a 3D model of her, <laughs> and they kind of look the same. Yeah, you know, but, um, I, I found it really weird that that video mm-hmm. somehow was listed as private on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I got there because I went to Nintendo's Japanese website and found like a link to a story or something, and I clicked on it from there, and it said, "Oh, be careful who you share this with. This is a private video." Like, you mean unlisted, right? The unlisted. I was like, "What the fuck?" Okay, that's probably just a mistake. Yeah, it's, I hope it's, so. It's, 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 a, it's a Japanese account, you know. They're not used to the internet. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So I'm, I'm right with you, James. I, th- I think it looks the 3ds version looks really cool. Um, yeah, like the upper the upper screen with the 3d stuff. It's very reminiscent of what you might see in Dragon Quest Seven on 3DS visually. Um, but then, yeah, below, it's like Super so, Nintendo <clears throat> style stuff. It's really so neat. now we know what the Switch is capable of, kind of. Yeah. Do, are we now 
confident to say that it's probably going to be more like the PS4 version, or are we yeah. still not sure? I'd say absolutely. I mean, if... if Cause it's not Quest... dual screen either, right? Which right. kind of rules it out anyway. I mean, if Dragon Quest XI is going to be running on, you know, launch PlayStation 4s as well as maybe, you know, PlayStation Pros, mm-hmm. then I don't see why it couldn't do... They couldn't run like the 1080p. It, it doesn't look any better than, uh, you know, Born to be Wild, the Zelda. Yes, I was thinking Girls Gone Wild, but... <laughs> Zelda Girls Gone Wild, yeah. Yes. Um, it doesn't look any better than that, right? I mean, but the, the only thing is it is a third-party game and it's not designed for the Switch initially, so right. there's going to have to be some optimization there, but you, know, sure. you would assume it looks like the PS4 one, which looks I, good. I, I, that'd, be a, that'd be a good guess. Um, but yeah, the, the the reason why it was had to be you know triple confirmed is that that trailer didn't mention the Switch at all. At the end, it didn't yeah. say it didn't say PS4 3DS Switch. It just said PS4 3DS, and then people were freaking out. Probably in Japan, lots of people were freaking out. And then Nintendo just officially kind of confirmed it on their blog. Uh, they said, "Yep, it's in development for for the Switch." <laughs> Chill the fuck out, everyone. All right, <laughs> Miyamoto yes. himself. Yeah, he did. Uh, and the next one, I just wanted to mention this uh, because it's like, I mean, we do, we are having Nintendo Switch games kind of announced now, um, kind of, and some indie games as well. But like this one is the first one I think it's like a Switch exclusive, which is kind of unusual to announce, <laughs> a, to announce a Switch exclusive game before we even have the full reveal. Right. But, um, so this game is called Seasons of Heaven. It's an indie game, and uh, hopefully you guys click the link right below there. Um, it looks really cool. Very, yeah, very cool. Yeah, I watched it a little earlier. Um, very kind of uh, atmospheric. Uh, I think I think it's a, uh, an RPG <laughs> or an adventure game, something along those lines. It reminded me of this one game I played. What was it called? Just Brothers. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he was kind of that. Yeah, that's what I thought, especially since you, it looks like you have two characters. You have a boy and his blob, I mean his dog. <laughs> and, uh, I'm guessing you kind of control them both to do things. But it looks beautiful, though. Um, sure. um, how well this will go down, you know, when it releases alongside, you know, Zelda uh, Wild Boys. But, um, <laughs> yes. you know, because it looks not, not similar, but, you know, like I would say tonally similar <laughs> you know but you know this is probably going to cost you know 20 bucks as opposed to 50 or 60 right so you know be cool looks great anyway and it's a switch exclusive which is uh, kind of amazing to have that at this point in its life well it's not even alive yet right. can consoles be alive um <laughs> find out. am i alive <laughs> didn't that guy marry his ds that time <laughs> that was this <laughs> Only in Japan, right? Is that the uh, that that date that dating it? Love, yeah, love life, love, love life, love plus, love plus, love that plus, love plus, 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 love plus. Yeah, it's but, like, can you imagine the, the the happy moment when he announced to his parents that he was getting married to a <laughs> video game console? They were very proud. Yep. <sighs> um, another well, other news. So, ukulele, the game coming from Mister and Mrs. Banjo Kazooie makers themselves rare <laughs> guys um yeah definitely not coming to wii u now um development's been switched over to switch I mean, again <laughs> wow. switch yeah, over. No. we should make a new section of the podcast called like switching over uh-huh it's just uh, all the games that are abandoning ship and jumping to the switch yeah 
Well, yeah, it's it's not right. It's not it's not a bad thing, is it? Is it a bad, yeah. it's not a bad thing? No, so. it's like it's totally reasonable. Like the Wii U is dead. There's no other way of looking at it. So <laughs> why continue right, to put over a game that you're not going to make sales on? Right. So yeah, that's that's a thing that's happening, and uh, they're actually something I I noticed last week, um, and we about mentioned it on the show. I think we I don't know, maybe we were having some good discussions or something. I kind of just forgot about it, but um. I wanted this to bring up last week. Tank Troopers. Do you guys think it's coming out this year? Blah, 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 blah. And like literally days after I think we posted the, the podcast, maybe the day after we recorded, you know, uh, Tank Troopers is dated for Japan. It's uh, coming out on December 21st. It's going to be 800 yen, including tax. And uh, they had a new kind of like beefy preview video that they had up on their website showing that there are like multiple tanks that you have to choose from. I think there's something like 13, 15 or so playable characters that all have kind of like uh, unique characteristics and unique moves and stuff that they can do. Like one cool one, like one guy can make his tank turn stealth for a certain amount of time. And then, yeah, you can just really fuck people up that way. And um, yeah, there's some guy had like some kind of paintball effect that's kind of obscures your vision, kind of like the ink with Mario Kart. Um, Then again, I mean, only (laughs) local multiplayer or... Single single challenge modes. Uh, well, with it being eight hundred yen, you know, roughly what they exchange right now, like six seven bucks USD. That's not that bad. But it's there's, just, there's no online whatsoever. No. Huh. Okay. Nothing. So, good luck. Maybe the Switch doesn't have online. <laughs> yes, they're they're setting our expectations right now. Which is yeah. yeah, that's gonna do it for the news. I got Famitsu's Most Wanted lined up. Oh you ready for let's, it? Let's skip the charts. Let's just go to Famitsu's Most Wanted. <laughs> yeah, the show is running a bit long. So. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a bit sick still. And uh... Okay. Well, there are, there are three Nintendo games in the top ten. Okay. Uh, number 11, just missing out, missing out is uh, Zelda um, Girls Gone Wild. That's at number 11. So just <laughs> missed out. Um, I'm, but... I'm just going to step in. I, I got to give you credit for your uh, your dedication to this like the naming conventions, well. you're, you're pretty on point them every time. I'm enjoying it. One day I'll get it right. Um, <laughs> so number nine is the Momotaro Densetsu game. I think we talked right. about this, didn't we? Yeah. Tatsugara Nippon. Yep, coming out this week. Oh, yeah, there we go. So I maybe think. people just remember that it's coming out soon, so they're anticipating it. Right. And then uh, number five is Monst- uh, Monster Hunter Double Cross. Mm-hmm. Um and then Dragon Quest Eleven on 3DS is number three, and that's it. Yeah, Dragon Quest Eleven on PS4 is number one. The most uh, anticipated, the most requested game is that, and the Final Fantasy VII remake is number two. So, okay, people are craving for that Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy. Hmm. Yeah, when does uh, Biohazard Seven slash Resident Evil Seven come out? Good question. <laughs> Because that's same, day as, same day as Biohazard 4. <laughs> cool. True story. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I can't really see any... There are no Wii U games. There's only, there's only Zelda. is the only Wii U game in the whole top 30. <laughs> so <laughs> the thing... Um, I mean, people in the West, are, you know, that's the only... Wii U game people are looking forward to. It's the same in Japan. So, what are what are the date ranges for this? When was this like survey? Done? Uh, first week of December. Okay. Okay. Cool. So the newest one that's available at the moment. Cool. 
All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for the news. And next up, we're going to go ahead and start the quiz. So get ready for some fabulous prizes. If you like Sanrio Amigo Cards. James, how about you go ahead and tell us what we need to do to participate in the quiz? So now it is quiz time. Um, so if you're listening to the audio version, the non-live version, um, you might as well just pause the podcast now. Find the link on the uh, the website, uh, Nintendo World Report, and find the page for this episode, which is 94. And yes. there should be a, there should be a link, and you'll be able to play like an offline version of the quiz. So you can just like play along, you know, click along as we're, you know, going through the quiz with these guys. You can play along at the same time. Um, if you're watching live on YouTube right now, you can win a fabulous prize. So yeah, good luck. Um, the guy with the highest score will win the thing that it, the Cyrus just pointed at the camera. Yep, <laughs> you'll get one pack of fabulous Sanrio Cross Animal Crossing Cross Cross Amiibo cards. Double cross. If if the winner doesn't want the packet, the next winner will get it, and whatever down the line until I inevitably put them back into the prize pool for another competition. Yeah, we we, we might keep these going, right? If we don't give them all away today, yep. uh, keep them for later, right? So yeah, um, basically the the theme for this episode is uh, consoles, console wars, video game consoles. Hopefully you've played at least one video game console in your life. That might be a problem. <laughs> Danny, you've got three right behind your head. Those are for decoration only. <laughs> right. Look good on a shelf. They do. <laughs> That's going to become a meme, isn't it? <laughs> Danny Biv looks good on a shelf. Yep. I'm good so with yeah. that. Um, basically, let's all play along together and enjoy the fun times with the quiz. Here we go. Question one. I think there were seven questions. <laughs> I always forget how many questions I actually did. But, you know, I, prepared, I prepared this like literally like 30 minutes before starting the quiz. So Good job. Please understand. So the first question is, which of these was the cheapest console ever? Prices adjusted for inflation. Okay. Do you understand the question? The cheapest console ever. So, what did you say? Yeah, the, the prices have been adjusted to two thousand sixteen dollars. So these are all North American prices. Okay, the cheapest console ever. At launch or over at, the course of its life? No, no, at launch in North America. At launch at the time, and the prices have been adjusted to two thousand sixteen dollars. So the choices are Wii, GameCube, or Dreamcast. Go. If you take too long, you lose. <laughs> okay, Dave. I think maybe Dave has left the building. Is Dave playing? Dave is not playing. Good morning, okay. Dave. Good morning, Dave. Okay, Dave. I'm going to have to remove you from the quiz. Sorry, dude. Okay, so the correct answer is the GameCube. GameCube. Interesting. That's right. So, congratulations to Danny and Anthony who get one point each. 
Yeah, I mean, because I remember the dream or the when the GameCube came out, it was two hundred bucks, and Dreamcast. I'm pretty sure it was more than that. I think Dreamcast um, was pretty pricey. Yeah, yeah. Wii was two fifty. I knew that for a fact. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually will show you the prices now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I prepared a page especially to show you. So yeah, the adjusted for inflation, the um, GameCube was two hundred and seventy dollars um, by today's money. Uh, the Wii would would be uh, two hundred ninety seven, but I think it was originally two fifty, right? Two fifty. But yeah, by today's dollars, it would be two hundred ninety seven. Dreamcast would be two hundred eighty seven. Wow. Hmm. Maybe it was like two thirty or something. I'm genuinely shocked. The Wii is the most expensive. Yeah. So yeah, might as well go ahead and say what your favorite GameCube games are right now. The Rudo Four. Okay. <laughs> right. You laugh, but it's true. No, 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 no. I do remember you telling us about it. I really want Capcom to bring back PN03. Oh. I have a soft spot for that game. <laughs> I, I want really... her in like in Marvel's Capcom 4. I want PN03 chick. What's her name? Isabella or something. Sure. Yeah. I only own the Fra- copy. The Francesca. Copy three copies. Francesca, that's the one. Yeah, I, I, Penelope? No, I don't know. My number one game has to be you know Resident Evil 4. This fantastic. Yeah, I, I was gonna, I was gonna say that. <laughs> um, or melee, obviously. Um, okay, cool. So next question. Here we go. So the next question is well, the opposite. Uh, what's the the most expensive console ever? Okay. okay, are you ready for this? The most expensive console ever, adjusted for in- inflation. Your choices are Intellivision, Neo Geo, or 3DO. Boom. Mm-hmm. Is there a bonus for mashing out the answer as fast as possible? No. Oh. <laughs> okay. Five, four, three. I have no two, idea. One. Losers. Time is up. People are Googling. I can tell. <laughs> okay. You are all losers. Wow. Can I, okay. Before, before you say the right answer. Okay. I, I'm good. Well, this doesn't count. 3DO. That's it, isn't it? Yep. Damn it. 3DO. Um, Adjusted for inflation, the 3DO would have cost, (laughs) today's dollars, (laughs) $1,165. With the Neo Geo, close second. I mean, I'll give you guys some credit. $1,147. So it's very, very close. And in television, it's still pretty freaking expensive. $873 by today's time. The only reason I went with Intellivision, because I was thinking, okay, that was released a long time ago. So maybe via inflation, that would just be crazy. But yeah, yeah, I I forgot we were adjusting still. Yeah. We we have some complaints yeah. that the the quiz is going a little too fast. You flick between those screens, so calm yeah, think, down well, a bit there, James. I know you're excited. I yeah, think, I don't think the people home viewers need... probably have a little bit of lag too. Uh, pff, you're gonna blame lag? Get out of here! Getting on script cards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just worried about people googling because this is a very easy thing to Google. So, um, yeah. Please understand. Please answer as quickly as possible. Favorite 3DO, 3DO games? Rolls. Uh, <laughs> Super Turbo Boys. Cool. Uh, didn't 3DO publish or produce some kind of tank game on the N64? Yeah, Battle Tanks. Battle tanks. Okay, I remember yeah, renting that. Those were, those were really good games, especially the second one. I played that a lot, actually. Oh. 
one of many good four-player games on the 64. Okay, so all you losers lost in that one. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so next one, we've done cheapest ever console, which is, Danny? Um, GameCube. Boom. <laughs> yep. So now we're going to um, I'm going to give you a selection of cheap consoles. These are not the cheapest, but I'd like you to choose from this selection that I will present to you of these consoles, which was cheaper. Okay. Here we go. So how many have I got here? I've got uh, three choices. So we've got the NES, the SNES, or the N64, which was the cheapest of those three at launch in North America. With inflation? With inflation. These are all inflated. This, this whole quiz is all including inflation. Uh, so it wouldn't make sense that. otherwise. That's my finish. Every, everything would be $250. If we didn't do inflation, it would be like $250, $250, $250, $250. Uh, it's, like, it's kind of a common price, isn't it? $599 US dollars. Uh, I remember when, when Jet Set Radio Future came out for the original Xbox, that game oh. was $80 at launch without inflation. Oh, that's over <laughs> there, though. That's not in the land of freedom and bald eagles. It's not in dollars, that's in euros. What the heck? 80 euros. Oh, yeah, okay. N64 in the house. Okay, if you can see a green circle, you win. If you see a red circle, you lose. Danny, what do you see? I see a circle with both green and red. <laughs> the question is, do you see a green Pac-Man or a red mountain? <laughs> I, I guess it's almost a green Pac-Man. The answer was, of course, the uh, N64. And the N64 cost $305 um, after inflation. Uh, NES was actually the most, 445 And mm-hmm. SNS, 351 So, yeah, uh, N64 was... Uh, Relatively cheap console compared to the other two. I believe that actually had a price drop before it released in the U.S. That's right. Probably would have been like four hundred or something, right? By uh, no, it dropped like fifty bucks. Uh, I forget to what exactly. Was, was it two hundred or just two hundred? Oh yeah, yeah, you're, that you're right. Was it three hundred to two fifty? Right. Right. No, I thought it was two fifty to two. It doesn't. I thought it was two fifty to two hundred because they kind of made a big deal that that's their sticking point for their console. Uh, how much they want to sell consoles for until Maybe. they move down to the fucking Wii. I got mine for 200 squids, actually. I think I got mine after the first price cut, you know, after the initial price cut. After the first <laughs> price Why weren't you lined up at launch? What a loser. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, w- I was foolishly selling my NSNES, which I regret to this day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sad times. Nintendo so- 64! Great YouTube, by the way. That's right. That was actually okay. James. Yeah. Was it? <laughs> but yeah, like a year after launch. Um, so favorite <laughs> N64 games, not Mario 64. Go. Jorah's Mask. Golden Eye. What up? And Killer Instinct Gold. Yeah, maybe Perfect Dark. Killer Instinct Gold. Are you serious? Yeah, dude. I've okay. played, played that so much. You have no idea. Well, I mean, I played Obi-Wan on the original Xbox a lot, but that doesn't mean it's a good game. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a good game, but it's like okay. a secret good game. I was okay. going to go with Banjo or Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah, I played those a lot, too. <clears throat> Diddy Kong Racing, secretly the best uh, Mario Kart game. I love Diddy Kong Racing better than Mario Kart. True, yep. Diddy Kong Racing. True story. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> next. Uh, Console Wars. 
which uh, which one of these two consoles was the most expensive? Are you ready? Okay. Most expensive console. Most expensive NES. Uh, Master uh, System. The I what remember system? what the NES was. Sega versus Nintendo. Who had the most expensive console at launch? I have no idea how much the Master System was. All I know is it had that awful, awful box design for at least the UK with like the math paper where it was like white with yeah. the yeah, yeah, cross yeah, hatching. Yeah, yeah. God, I always thought they looked like the, the cheapest things. <laughs> yeah, there was literally literally graph paper in there. They just yeah, cut out like, like pictures of something and put it in there too. Because it always looked like those budget PC games. Wow, everyone th- thought the Master System was a Takai, eh? <laughs> wow, I guess my Pac-Man, Pac-Man's red now. That's bad, right? Right. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't think anybody knows how much the Master System was. How much was oh, sorry. it? No one cares about the Master System, right? Yeah, only Lady Lindis got uh, oh, that correct. Congratulations to her. Um, so, yeah, the NES was 445. I think I said that earlier, right? By the way, James, you spelled favorite wrong. Yeah, <laughs> that was my first thought. <laughs> and the Master System was uh, 437. So, yeah, the NES was more expensive. Hmm. By a, but, uh, an extremely marginal amount. But people don't care about that because the NES was a better system. Right. Right? True story. Yeah. Don't go to the Brazilians. <laughs> <laughs> right. Isn't it really popular down there? Right? I think the Genesis is really popular. Same thing, isn't it? Wait, yeah. did we say Mega yeah. Drive or Master System? I tuned out. I don't listen to you. <laughs> well, you can Ma- play uh, yeah. Master System games on the Genesis, right? Like, I'm not sure. Yeah, with an adapter, yeah. Yeah. Right. You can also play Master System games on the uh, the game Gear with an adapter. Also, throw them in the trash and get the same enjoyment. Yep. <laughs> you can watch that broadcast too. TV on your... <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> not, any, not anymore, but... Watch the news on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> favorite NES games without Mario in the title? Mm. Lone Ranger. Mm, Battletoads. 2D. Don't Ty, you know about To the Earth? I know about To the Earth. That's a hard ass game. I never even was, was legit. It yeah. makes your arms tired as heck. Yeah, it, that's a I'm very aware topic. of how heavy that zapper is. Yes, especially when you're a small child with weak arms. Yeah, <laughs> My, mine would be Cobra Triangle or Micro Machines. I believe there was a Micro Machines NES nice game. Right? Yeah. Also, found a Kirby's Adventure. It's a good one. Yeah. Probably just Zelda. I never played the NES, so I don't know. Yeah, I, never, I never had any NES, actually. Game Boy was my first uh, console. So me and Ty are the you know, OGs here. We know what's up. Wow, so. yeah. Okay, so that was Console Wars Part 1. This is Console Wars Part 2. Oh, God. Um, so this is... Uh, this is Which was the cheapest at launch? Okay. Cheapest. cheapest at launch. Okay, here we go. Cheapest at launch. Was it the SNES or Genesis? Ooh. Cheapest at launch. Mm. Mm. I have a vague memory of the Genesis or the SNES being quite expensive, but I can't remember at all. Mm. Cheapest. Damn, Cheapest. I, think I, I think I screwed this up. Oh, Fun story <laughs> that we we had like at the we had the Mega Drive. You know, they had the Mega Drive One. We bought one right. for we got one for Christmas, I think, mm-hmm. but it was broken, so we brought it back to the store. <laughs> It, like, it was broken one? in the box. Yeah, it was brand new in the box and it was broken. So we brought it back to the store. 
and they said they had no <laughs> Mega Drive ones left, so they replaced it with a Mega Drive two. Huh. You know the the enhanced like the, right, the right. remodel that Detail came out. One. Yeah, the sleeker with the red buttons. It was the SNES. Wow. Yeah. Weren't they the same? I think what? they were the same. It just looked nicer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Adjusted. That would make the Super Nintendo cheaper. Well, I well for the release, didn't the Genesis come out before the Super Nintendo though? Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I, definitely, that's definitely did. So I mean, yeah. So yeah, only uh, Cyrus got that wrong actually. So yeah, the cheapest one was the uh, uh, the SNES. Hmm? Uh, three hundred three hundred fifty one dollars, and the Genesis was was actually more three hundred sixty seven. Do you remember the comic, The Beano, James? Yeah, yeah. I was a yeah. regular subscriber. Yeah, I was a big Beano reader too. I I won my uh, my SNES and Game Boy from the from a like a crossword in the in the Beano. No way. Yeah, Ooh, it was good that's shit. Amazing. Best Saturday morning ever when that fucking arrived. Wow, that's awesome. Good shit. You won a Game Boy and a SNES and a Super Game Boy, so I had no SNES oh, game. <laughs> I just like play Game Boy games on the Super Game Boy. Nice. There you go. Good way to play Zelda: uh, Link's Awakening on that way. No, that's what I played it. Nice. Or Killer Instinct. Hell yeah! Game Boy edition. <laughs> I actually had the Game Boy version. Wow, <laughs> that's adorable. I think I still have my Killer Cut CD at home from Me the. Too. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't get enough. I could. I couldn't play enough Killer Instinct. I had to play it at lunch break at uh, secondary school. And actually, a couple of my friends had the same game, so we actually could do link up at uh, lunchtime. Nice. That's <laughs> hardcore. Which character did you pick? I played a uh, gray, blurry sprite. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh. did my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and we battled it out till the day. Wait, were you playing I... as Vine that time? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it doesn't. Pallets, pallets, palette swaps don't make any sense when there's no colors. <laughs> just, the, just the name. It's just written but, down. So. But right. like, it was on the dot matrix to like the Game Boy screen, so everyone was green. So I guess Cinder was fine in that <laughs> version. Right. There you go, James. <laughs> you you need to collect your money, son. Come on. <laughs> Should have called him Vinyl, but spelled it, you know, V-I-N-A-L. That would have The lore goes deep. Oh boy! <laughs> to, that, to answer your question, it was Saber Wolf. Was oh, okay. My, was my favorite on the uh, the Game Boy one. Cool. Um, so, what's your favorite SNES games without Mario on the title? Besides Killer Instinct, uh, I, I, like, have some, uh, I have some oddballs here that I'm fond of. Here we go. I like UN Squadron, aka Area 88. I like The Lost Vikings. <laughs> Ooh, that's and good. And I one. like. Spider-Man and Venom in Maximum Carnage. That's a cool game. I'm pretty... Real talk, though, Donkey Kong Country 2. Yeah, I'll say that's, that's like... one of my oh, favorite games. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about 3? I, I never actually played 3. Okay, I, I, own I love 3. I, love I three. like 3, but it's I can understand why people don't like it. It's it's a bit weird. Hmm. I, I, can't, I, can't, I, I mean, yeah, it's it's so hard to even choose. I mean, all three are so different. That's I yeah. think that's the amazing thing about the, the the country trilogy is that every game is completely different. It, but it's and they're all good in their own regards. You know, obviously two is the best, but yes. like uh, that's not to make three worse or bad or one bad. But you know, they're all good. Maybe that's something I'll try to go through during my Christmas break. That and Tropical Freeze. I don't know. Maybe I'll get get yeah, yeah. out by that. I don't know. Tropical Freeze, man. Um, my top definitely Mega Man X. 
That's my number one game of all time, so that definitely wins. But nice. I also love the, the, the SNES uh, Jurassic Park. That was awesome. Hmm, that was a good one. Yeah, I actually rented that like three or four times to uh, eventually complete it. Is Any of you guys play Home Alone 2 on the Super <laughs> Nintendo? Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> it was a fun game, especially whenever the like the bell guy would catch you. He would like literally strangle Kevin. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Maybe he was shaking. It's not not as good as Home Improvement, though, right, Danny? Uh, oh, yeah, not, definitely not. Not as good as Home Improvement Three. So, <laughs> didn't you fight dinosaurs in that game? <laughs> I, what? Not sure. I think I saw that in Nintendo Power. Home Alone Two. Are we talking about Jurassic Park still? No, we're or talking what? about Home. No, we're Home Improvement. I, I have no idea. <laughs> um, one of the three RPGs that I've JRPGs that I've ever owned and uh, it's also one of my favorite games Secret of Mana oh yeah I've played that, that one many um, yeah Final Fantasy 6 that's a that's a good one I also uh, played through that many times fighting games other than Killer Instinct probably Turbo and uh, Turtles Tournament Fighters don't judge me but I love oh, that game oh no that game is amazing it's legit good cool yeah which character did you play? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Ground Spark. Uh, sorry, t- uh, Chrome Dome. Chrome Dome. Yes. Ground Spark. Ground, Ground Spark. Spark is a good move. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like like a fireball, yeah. but it makes it you invincible. Like it, it's an uppercut, so it's like his reversal. That's right. It, it's it's weird, and he also has a charge command throw. <laughs> and long limbs like Dalsim. He's like. Basically, the perfect character. Yeah, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like Delson. He's got these extendable arms. Okay, so next question is: Oh, this is a you. You have you guys have to write this one. So I'll give you like I don't know a little bit longer. Okay, thirty seconds. I'm ready. Enough time. So I want you to name as many launch games for the SNES as you can. So Cyrus, unfortunately, this is North America, but Europe is kind of similar. So. Yeah, do your best. So, again, that's name as many launch games uh, for the SNES, North America, as you can. Go. Um, If you need any hints, there were actually one, two, three, four, five. So, as many of the five as you can get without Googling, Mm. like an asshole. (laughs) Then... This is a hard one to please, isn't it? Because you know, people playing at home could easily just be googling. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm doing it all here on my phone. Well, as far as you know, I could. Well, oh, okay, okay. Are you are you actually writing answers on the so phone? Five yeah. games, you said. There, there are five. You know, but all right. I don't expect everyone to get all five, but you know, if you do, that's amazing. I, I might have all five off the top of my head, but I'm not sure. Okay. Ah, fuck it. That's all I know. So I'm not sure if I could, if I should write more than five. <laughs> what? Then, then there would be not launch games. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, mean, do you want to just spam out? Oh, as many okay, as okay. And see what can we can stick? we copy and paste the entire SNES library from Wikipedia? <laughs> like you said. Okay, I'm gonna count down the five, four, four, two, three, two, one. I want to see if I got this. Z- Okay, so Lady Lindis says, Actraiser Mario World Mario Kart. Um, she gets uh, zero. Oh, so, sorry, Super Mario World 1. She gets one. I was going to say, what? <laughs> yeah, Mario Kart oh, was wait, yeah. 
Where that is ninety two. Danny says Mario World Castlevania Four F Zero. Castlevania. Um, you get uh, two of those. Damn. You okay. get two, and Castlevania wasn't. Uh, oh, really? Cells, okay. Cells Ice says oh, Pilot okay. Wings Mario Mario Three. What the fuck? Because I had Mario All Stars. <laughs> I was like. I know uh, Mario 3 was all fancy done up on the SNES. That Mario had to Kart, before World. Okay, it gets worse. Mario Kart Metroid Prime Trilogy <laughs> and the Netflix app. Okay, there you go. Uh, well, you... <laughs> nice joke answer. <laughs> what did you say again? Pilot, Pilot Wings and Mario Kart. Um, no, Mario Kart wasn't. And, uh, Pilot Wings was. Yeah, you get one, you get one for that. Damn, uh, Cat Drugs... Mario World, yep, one point. F Zero, yes. Pilot Wings, yes. Act Raise, uh, no. And that NCAA basketball, no. Oh, okay. Okay, it's too bad. Good. Uh, good who else forgot this? <laughs> Anthony, Mario World, and Pilot Wings, yes and yes. Okay, well, I'll give you the. I'll show you the full list here. Here we go. It was... Oh, Sim City. Sim City, yeah, good shit. Huh, I didn't know SimCity was launched. Yeah, yeah. F-Zero, Gradius 3, or Gradius 3, however you want to pronounce it, uh, Pilot Wings, SimCity, and Mario World. Hmm. Um, that was the US launch, 19th of August, 1991. I'll have to go back and see how much later uh, Castlevania and uh, basketball were. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got your last question here. This is a lot easier. Um, because this is N64 launch titles. <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> uh, so, Danny, uh, maybe you know, but there are actually only two, so good luck. You should be able to name both of them. I'll give you less time for this one because it's easy, question mark. <laughs> Can I add a joke answer? Sure. Two launch titles, Jesus Christ. Yep. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> what the heck is the second one? Oh. I bet I could name every game that came out in the launch year. In the launch year, it, yeah. <laughs> it, I'm not gonna. It's not. Yeah, that's that's doable, man. It's under ten games. Yeah, it's it's yeah <laughs> under ten games, even including third party. Wow. Yes, I'm just thinking like GameCube launch title. Like, I was so like focused on like that the releases. Like, I I know a lot of those, even the stupid things like Universal Studios and <laughs> Dave you know, Mira what, Boys. Dave, oh yeah. God. Okay, so Lady Lindis and Anthony, hurry up with your answers. Good work. You guys got this. Here we go. Don't think too hard, Cyrus. So, Cyrus has already answered. I don't. Okay. <laughs> don't worry about that. Okay, I'm going to do a countdown here. Five, four, three, two, one. Anthony. That was no answer. So Lady Linda says Mario 64 and Pilot Wings 64. Two out of two. Dang it, I was going to put Pilot Wings. I Same was like, for Danny. Uh, I can't be right two twice. Two out of two. gets one out, one out of two. StarCraft 64 was not a launch title. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a good, good, good answer. And Cadrex gets two out of three. Well, you wrote Habu Shogi. That's uh, right. I'm sure that was in Japan. What, you mean it didn't come out in North America? You're pulling my leg. Anthony, oh, Anthony, they did answer. Pilot Wings again, question mark. Yes, he's correct. Pilot Wings again. I like the mirror of the you know, Pilot Wings on the SNES. And same yeah, that's, that's, that's why I didn't go for it. I was like, in my mind's eye, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's Pilot Wings, but it wouldn't be the same as the SNES. Right. That was it. September the 29th, 1996. 
Yep. Uh, by the way, they, they moved the release date up to the 26th. Yes. Because nobody respected street dates then. <laughs> really? In fact, it was possible to get it in like certain Northwest states on the 25th. Wow. I remember this going down. And me telling my mom we had to get in the car right now. <laughs> Drive to another state. <laughs> yep. Well, no, not me. No, but I, I did snag my 64 on the 26th. Cool. Wow. I snagged cool. mine at Christmas that year from Santa Claus. Wow. Yep. Did you scream Nintendo 64? That was me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we've got, uh, got a winner. Um, so, well, so Lady Linda's got six out of ten for the regular questions. <clears throat> and then she also got um, one and one for the uh, SNES launch games <clears throat> and two for the N6. Yeah, so I think she's a clear winner. Um, yes, so Lady Lindis, congratulations. You are the winner of the Console Wars quiz and you Ooh. will win some Hello Kitty bullshit from Japan. Congratulations. <laughs> They also have <laughs> stickers in there, so yeah. get hyped for that. So I am. Lindis, either maybe send me a private message or send a message to Famicast email. Famicast, wait, yeah, Famicast at NintendoWorldReport.com, and we she, can figure out you know how to get the stuff to you. So this she did also ask earlier in the chat, Selsai, what if I don't want Amiibo cards but just want to play the quiz for fun? <laughs> That's fine too. So, yeah, there are, you, there are you, no winners. There are no. If you don't winners. want them, just still send a message to Danny. We'll sort something out. Yeah. Uh, Say whatever you want. Yeah. Say whatever you want, and Cyrus will buy it for you in Japan. No yeah, problem. literally, literally anything. There's no no upper budget. It's fine. <laughs> just show your like desk full of amiibos, and she can choose one of those. I've got some Wreck It Ralph Disney Infinities here, un- <laughs> unopened. They sent hey. me. Four copies of it when I only wanted one. <laughs> I know he he gave me one. I have I have a Wreck It Ralph around here somewhere. Jesus. Okay, Danny. So let's uh, throw it back to you and move on to game of the year, I guess. Yes. So, um, actually, I'm trying to think about how long we've been doing this. <laughs> Maybe it was this last year we started doing it this particular way. But, you know, every year we do have some kind of a game of the year type of a segment at the very, you know, in December and stuff. And Did we always do that? <laughs> that, but not quite like this with the activity logs. And um, I feel like, like for the first three years of the Family Guys, we didn't do it at all. <laughs> no, we did. We did. I thought, well, geez, man, like you were gone for a couple of years. We did oh, okay. And it's always been a thing. Um, Okay. But, you know, we put up the call for you guys earlier in the week, maybe last week too, like to go ahead and take a look at your uh, activity logs on your 3DS and Wii U and uh, maybe let us know what you've been playing the most. And uh, I'll go ahead and just kind of talk about my Wii U. Let's just, yeah, let's start with the Wii U here. And going through my playtime, I noticed a big dip from basically July where I didn't play any games. At all on my Wii U. 
I haven't played a game on Wii U since June, and that was nine minutes of Mario 64. Um, and my clear-cut winner for Game of the Year in Wii U is Netflix, just like Cheese Master 2K. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean... Okay. Well, let's, that's restricted to games, shall we? Come on, let's not be oh, assholes here. Okay, then. Uh, okay, then. My, my top game is actually... I talked about it back earlier in the year. It's called... Number Super 10. Game. Yes. I didn't live for these. I only think I have 10 games I've played. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I really don't. Uh, Sute Hakun, it's like a Super Nintendo game that came out here like very late. Um, really cool puzzle platformer type of thing. Really got to think. It's really hard. But yeah, really fun. I think I played it for about 10 hours. Oh, so, shit. Wow. Yeah. That's your number 10? That's like probably my number one. <laughs> That's and number the game 10. I played. So you totally <laughs> just screwed up the whole, you know, ranking the games and everything. Brilliant. I was going to do. Off, I was going to go ten to one. I'll do better on the 3ds because that's easier to. Oh, okay. So that's your Wii U one. Is literally that's one. This is the Wii U because the Wii U is so shit to try to figure out like a yearly basis unless you yeah, go you through. You have to actually count per month how much you played each game. Yep. Yeah. Well, unless it's a brand new game that you only played this year, then it's a lot easier. Yeah. And you just click the game and it tells you how many hours. Right. But for like you know, for example, Splatoon, you know, which I've been playing for like you know two years. It's I don't know which which amount was this year, which amount was last year. <laughs> you have to add up all the months. For my splatoons. Yep. Okay, so well, I'll just I'll just start. I'll I'll do like so. Cyrus, how many do you have? Do you have a top ten or five? Or? Uh, for Wii U, I've got yeah. five, and for 3DS, I got six. Okay, so I've I haven't done the 3DS one. I'm the opposite. I haven't played my 3DS at all. I don't think this year. Mm. I don't remember playing it much at all. So for my Wii U, I'll just do like. Okay, 10 to 6, here we go. So number 10, uh, just under three hours played was Citizens of Earth, um, indie game I got on the uh, <clears throat> the Humble Bundle. And then after that was The Swapper, uh, which I got on sale. That was the, that kind of um, moody kind of platform, uh, puzzle platform game, which is pretty cool. Uh, also just under three hours. And then another indie game <laughs> was uh, Stealth Inc. 2 which I played for almost four hours, um, which I described as like Metal Gear Solid mixed with Meat Boy, um, uh, which is pretty cool. And then a game which I haven't actually talked about, which I was going to start to talk about, but then I changed my mind and changed the game I was going to talk about, which was Dussek's uh, Human Revolution. Right. Uh, I actually ended up playing that for four and a half hours and then mm. decided to switch up the game because I'd been playing another game of a similar vibe for a long time. So I decided to play, you know, a, a more colorful game. Right. And then there's We Fit You, <laughs> which is like just over like four and a half hours. That's mostly like playing it on rainy days with the family. Oh, okay. Uh, so I didn't realize you even had that. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I think I briefly talked about it. You probably show. did. I probably um, wasn't listening. So it was, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, so yeah, it's basically, you know, just playing those kind of like sledding games and like, you know, uh, I don't know what else. Well, I can't even remember. My son likes it anyway. I think most of that those hours are my son. But yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's good. So yeah, I'll save my top five after someone else's talk. Cyrus, maybe. Okay, let's let's go. So yeah, I really didn't play my Wii U much this year, except for one game. But uh, at the bottom of my list was Pokémon Tournament with two and a half hours. And 
Next above that was Disney Infinity that only got four hours play this year. There you go. Oh, really? So your hundreds of hours was like last year, I guess. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I expect I'll probably play more Disney Infinity next year when there's like because it's been cancelled now, so the last of the figures are dirt cheap. <laughs> so I'm gonna pick up all the ones that I don't have and finish the like play all the storylines that I haven't played. And uh, in next was number three is Splatoon. With four hours. Wow. I thought I had way more than four hours this year on Splatoon, but I guess Must I don't. Last year. <laughs> yeah, because I know I tried to get back into it this year with all the new maps and stuff, but it must have only been for like a couple of weekends. Hmm. And Smash Brothers, seven hours. And uh, Hyrule Warriors at 272 <laughs> hours. Christ. <laughs> That's wow. why you were talking about it for like eight episodes in a row. Yeah. I, I decided to not talk about it this episode, but yeah, 272. Wow, it's not even close, is it? <laughs> Your killer instinct, that one. Not quite. No, no. <laughs> not I, even I, I'm not even going to consider it in the same league as Ty's Hours. My Overwatch on PC are probably pretty high, but I don't know how to check those. Okay. Yeah, you have to look at every mode individually and kind oh. of add it up in your statistics. It's really annoying. Yeah, fuck that. Let's say I played a lot of Overwatch, but maybe similar to about this, like 100, 200 hours maybe, I don't know. So Ty, how did you, uh, what did you do? Xbox uh, activity? Yeah, uh, yeah, Xbox and PC this year. Uh, I think I have literally zero hours on Wii U and <laughs> sure. 3DS. That's Right. Uh, so I'll give you what I think are probably my top three. So uh, Doom came out in, what, March this year? May, wasn't it? Something like that. Like, yeah, like earlier this year. And uh, I don't know how much time I spent on the beta, but it was a lot. And uh, I had like 24 hours on the, the final release. So I'm just going to say like maybe 40 hours altogether. Hmm. So that game's really good. I probably spent about the same time on Street Fighter V, but I actually don't like Street Fighter V. <laughs> um, and Overwatch, um, by my calculations, it's like two to three hundred hours on that bad boy. Is that on PC? Yeah, that was on PC. I did play uh, on the Xbox free weekend, or I think there were two free weekends, so I probably put in like 10 or 20 hours on that, maybe. That was kind of amusing. And, uh, all right, Killer Instinct. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, on the Xbox One, you can only see your total time. But <laughs> I think Microsoft will, like, at the end of the year, will send you a mailer with your statistics. But, uh, so total, I have 76 days on Killer <laughs> Instinct. So I guess 76. you can figure it's like a third of that probably is this year. Wait, how many you cut out of it there for me? How many days? 76. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> so, man, what is that in hours? Let's get out the old calculator here. A few gameplay sessions that's here. That's, that's 1,824 hours. Huh, okay. <laughs> a winner is you. Yeah, a couple thousand hours of Killer Instinct, but up. <laughs> it's a good game, guys. We believe you. Yeah. Get well there are, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, 
I played, you know, I played like a couple hundred games this year for like extremely marginal amount of time. Right. right. Marginal slash 10 hours each. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you know, that zombie game I talked up a lot. Right. State, State of Decay. State of Decay. Yeah, yeah. I play that for like a couple hours every month because there's like a monthly award where it gives you a special objective and you crank it out and it gives you an unlock in game. Huh. So that's, okay. that's a cool feature they have. Um, and, uh, oh, I also heard, uh, maybe sometime we should talk about translations later, but I believe Ted Woolsey works for that company now. Who? Uh, the, the, the team, Ted Woolsey, the guy that translated all the Super Nintendo RPGs. Okay. Yeah. He, it's like the most <laughs> random thing. He works for, uh, Undead Labs, I believe is the name of the developer. And I do not believe he's doing translations. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's a funny offhand thing I heard. Cool. Um, so those are the main games I played this year. There's two games that I want to play that came out this year, and I may put some time in them since there's still like uh, 10 days left in this year, mm-hmm. which is a PC version of Nitro Plus Blasters anime fighting game. Okay. And Watch Dogs 2, since I like Watch Dogs 1 so much. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah. So, Danny, you're going to do 3DS now? Well, I, I would say one thing, just to kind of piggyback on the non-Nintendo stuff. I mean, I, I've i only played, like, two main games on PS4 this year, like, hardcore. And that was, you know, Star Wars Battlefront and uh, No Man's Sky when it first came out. And for Battlefront, <clears throat> it, it, like I said, with, you know, with Xbox and and PlayStation, it's kind of hard to keep track of exactly how many hours you've played something, but I'd probably say this year for Battlefront, it's probably about 50 hours until I stopped playing a total of about like 75 or something. And Have they got a Rogue One uh, map? Well, I haven't played it since May, man. Yeah, it just, it just got added recently. It's like the, the yeah. tropical planet was just added. Right, and I just, I haven't paid for any of that extra stuff, so... Uh, maybe I'll just try it sometime. Just more, to get back. more on Rogue One later in the episode. Yes. So, and then, you know, No Man's Sky, I played the crap out of it. Well, not like Thai level, but for Danny level, <laughs> played yeah. the crap out of it. Probably just two weeks, maybe about like 40 hours or something. Yeah. And then I just started to get kind of bored a little bit, but I had fun with it. I kind of want to check it out again with a new update. But it, in terms of 3DS, I'll kind of read off from 10 for me. Uh, Kirby's Dream Course, about four hours, 20 minutes. Uh, number nine, Super Mario World, five hours, okay. 56 minutes. Super Punch-Out, six, six and a half hours. Super Metroid, seven hours. Shovel Knight, just coming out this year in Japan, seven mm-hmm. and a half hours. And uh, that's my t- that's my bottom five, ten to six. Okay. So, so I guess I'll do my top five Wii U now. Okay. Top five cool. most played. Uh, number five is a game I just talked about, Axiom Verge, uh, five hours, 20 minutes. And I'm sure that will double uh in the next well in the christmas vacation obviously mm-hmm. uh next number four is meat boy uh clocked in just under nine hours um mm-hmm. yeah i talked about that for probably <laughs> two or three episodes back to back <laughs> um yeah great game loved it and number three is uh captain toad Oh. Which I think it was quite early in the year. Probably you guys don't even remember me talking about it. It's, no, I think really. it was like February or something, January, February time, like quite early in the year. But I put like, uh, yeah, uh, just under nine hours, hmm. just just above Meat Boy. Um, yeah, I 
I think I did all the, the regular stages. Um, I didn't go and back do all the little nitty gritty little collectathon thing, but you know, beat the main game. So I was happy with that. And number one, number two, you probably you could probably guess because I talked about both of these for <laughs> probably like four or five episodes uh, individually. And uh, number two is Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, mm-hmm. uh, which I put in twenty one hours. Damn. Um, to yeah to complete it um i like mean there 100%, are 100 percent. not 100 percent. i mean i think like i said you know i i i got to a point where i was satisfied that i'd unlocked all the regular stages and uh, the secret worlds but i mm-hmm. didn't not the super ultra get all the kong letters and do all that kind of stuff i didn't do that got it <clears throat> and number one uh which is probably <laughs> i'm probably the only guy on the internet to have a third-party Wii U game as my most played game of the year. Oh. Uh, Watch Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> 38 hours. Mm, um, good job. To get, to get through that. And yeah, I've obviously nowhere near 100%ing that. But, you know, I played a lot of it and did a lot of it and I enjoyed a lot of it. So Does Hyrule Warriors count as a third-party game? Yeah, I mean, yeah, quite that well. Yeah, by Nintendo. Not really, <laughs> but it's it's funny though because um, I played a lot of Mario Kart. I mean, the, apart from Wii U, Wii Fit U, the other game that my son uh, likes to play and is quite good at, is Mario Kart Eight, and we must have played that for maybe like ten, fifteen hours this year. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was up there as well. But actually, if we if we're not doing brand new games. Uh, I actually technically played Mario Maker for 31 hours okay. this year. This year alone, I actually added up all the months, mm-hmm. um, more or less. I just kind of rounded it up. <laughs> I couldn't be asked to do get the calculator out. But yeah, more or less 31 hours for Mario Maker and 38 hours for Splatoon. Okay. okay. So Splatoon actually beats Watch Dogs, technically, <laughs> for most played this year. But um, I just didn't want to you know, include, because Splatoon and Mario Maker were my top two games of last year. Right. And they're also the top two games of this year. So, <laughs> so just to mix it up a bit, yeah. I, I don't include those. I mean, even for me, on that 3DS list, that bottom half I read out, all of those games were released this calendar year in Japan. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. maybe, maybe just to round out my, my top five for 3DS, uh, number five is Detective Pikachu, about eight and a half hours. <laughs> um, nice. Funny game. Uh, Monster Hunter Stories, which I really need to play some more of. I'm about, about 11 oh. hours in. I um, I saw an episode of the anime. Uh, oh, did you okay. this weekend? Yeah, it's, okay. uh, I've been recording it. I haven't watched it. Okay. <laughs> um, next up for me, number three, Zelda: Link to the Past, twelve hours. Then <laughs> Ocarina of Time 3D. I've been kind of going back to that in the summertime and quit. Oh, <laughs> and then my number one most played game. This is the only one that has nothing to do with 2016. That's uh, Phoenix Wright. You know, Ace Attorney one, which I borrowed from Ty. <laughs> like after like Chris like during the Christmas break, yeah. I, I played it for like fourteen I mean, fourteen hours, fourteen hours, forty minutes. So yeah, it was it was fantastic. Loved it. I told you. Yeah. <laughs> the next, have, the, the newest Phoenix Wright. That's the next on my cleanup list to finish. Yeah. Well, I have I have the trilogy now on 3ds, so I should. I have no excuse to not play the you know number two and three, but. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so Cyrus, were you? You, were you done, or did you have a 3DS list? I've got or? a 3DS list. Okay. I only have uh, six games, so I'll just go through all of them. Sure. So I had 
number six was Parascientific Escape, Cruise of the Distant <laughs> oh, Sea. No. So that was four hours, that classic. Uh, <laughs> I had uh, Link's, the Link, Link's Awakening. Uh, oh, nice. Right. Which I never finished. I just kind of trailed off on, never went back to it. Ooh. Yeah, I know. I, I just have no interest in going back now, which is uh, eight hours. Mm. I had Rhythm Thief is like number four at 10 hours. Nice. And there's still one chapter left in that for me to unlock, but I'm not A-ranking everything to unlock it, so whatever. Mm. Uh, the Bravely Second demo, I have 14 hours. Jesus. <laughs> A demo. A demo. Yeah. I, own, I own it, and I still haven't even played it. You, you played the demo more than Danny's played the full game. Yeah, really. I played the demo, and I'm not buying the full game. I'm boycotting that game because they they they, 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 <laughs> they cut out huge amounts of the game in uh, in localizations. So I'm not buying it. Danny, um, that, that that's what we call a full Bivens. It, it, is, <laughs> yeah. it is. I can probably dig out the box somewhere and show you. It's, it's, it's right. yeah, mint condition. The box is <laughs> and uh, uh, my number two is Pokemon Picross. At 33 hours. That's a free game, right? That's a, uh, yeah, free to start. So I did, yeah, I didn't pay any money for that one. So, so um, it's a free game. Yep. <laughs> Good. Uh, 33, and then I have Pokemon Alpha Sapphire was 43 hours. Okay. The game which you didn't like, brilliant. Which I didn't like that I just wanted to finish to clear my plate, <laughs> which I could have played like four other games in that time. So you're gonna are you are you put off from buying Sun Sun or Moon now or no? It, my sister got it for me as a birthday as a Christmas present, so it's sitting under oh, my nice. Christmas tree waiting to be opened. Cool. Oh, I also watched the Sun and Moon. Uh, it's on Netflix, by the way. The the Pokemon Sun and Moon series um, with the slightly weird art, art style. Mm. But I, I, yeah, I, I really want to watch the Sun and Moon anime. It looks fun. It's on Netflix. You got Netflix? Nope. Oh, okay, you don't. <laughs> you can't watch it then. <laughs> but it was quite good. And I, the one episode that I saw had Mimikyu, which is this like hor- horrifying, like Pikachu drawn on, on I don't know what it is. It's like a yeah, cloth it's bag. Like, it's like a, this monster like wearing a, a burlap sack with Pikachu's yeah, face drawn on. Exactly. It. It's like the freaking scarecrow or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was kind of funny. That that was that's the clip that I've seen, and that was very funny. Especially, they built up that Pokemon Mimikyu to be like this super cute, misunderstood Pokemon. But in the anime, it's like, it, no, yeah. it fucking straight up wants to murder Pikachu. Like, it hates it. It's like, good job. Good job, Nintendo. That was a good bait and switch. In the episode that I saw, didn't the, uh, Pikachu fight a Thunderbolt at it? And it Mimikyu fight this, like, dark version of it. And they kind of collided and it went into nothing. It's the same name in English, by the way. Mimikyu. Yeah, Mimikyu. Japanese it's, and English. It's a really Mimikyu. cool name. I like Pikachu. Mimikyu. It's kind of cute. <clears throat> cool. So, there we go. Games of the Year. Oh, we do have, uh, I think, Lady Lindis, winner of uh, the competition. Yeah. She's got some hefty hours on her 3DS. So, yeah, there's only 3DS because um, she says, uh, what, people still play the Wii U? <laughs> um, so <laughs> what have we got here uh, wow Surichigami Densetsu yeah, for, for, for an hour and then what's this Kisetsu no Monogatari is that, sto- is that just literally story of seasons story of seasons 
for 200 hours that's so that she's kind of cyrus did you know like every other game is like one hour and then just like one game for 200 hours and then the oh no she's like got it. more oh no i, I guess like it's... you're just like quantifying these things like oh you really bivens that one like oh she pulled the cyrus well yeah if, if, if someone had played a game for like 2000 hours i would have said it tied it <laughs> oh sugar did it did it did it um so, oh, so i guess this is her american question mark yeah, I think so. Uh, and my American 3DS, so it's, it literally says that. There you go. Oh, yeah, I should have checked my I should, I should read things. Uh, so she's got Itadaki Storito. Is that like a like a board game type thing? Yeah, it's, that's yes. a, a board game. It's very Monopoly-ish. Oh, I forgot the English name. It's... Uh, Somebody just said it. it. Did I say it in my head? Is it just it? called Itadaki Street? No. It's, no? Wait, Fortune okay. Street. Thank you. There there you go. Go. Yeah. It's going off uh, in my head. So she played that. She played that for twenty-one hours. And then she played the My Nintendo Picross, which I believe is free if you or pay for with fake coins, right? Yeah. Okay. And I mean, anyway, this is a cart. It doesn't matter what system you play it on. You know, for the I'm sorry for the Fortune Street. Okay. My Nintendo Picross. She played for thirty-one hours, and then again, a bit of a Cyro situation. Fire Emblem Fates for one hundred and twenty-five hours. There you go. So yeah, I guess people just have one game that they uh, they go towards, right? Oh, not me. Some people. <laughs> yeah. Well, with me, it's uh, Splatoon, but not not I'm not anywhere near in the same area as you guys with like hundreds of hours. <laughs> I didn't. I haven't played that much this year. Period. I don't know. It's just been a weird year for gaming for me. Okie dokie. Uh, oh, thanks to James Allen. On Twitter, he said that he's been playing most. He didn't give it like a detailed breakdown, but uh, he said uh, Smash and Mario Kart on 3DS and right, Wii U because right. um, he likes it because he can just pick it up and play because he's got young kids, a kitten, and a wife. I like how he put it in that order. <laughs> <laughs> the wife last, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, those are good games to quickly play. Yeah, on especially with, yeah, 3DS version of. Uh, of Smash is good to play little bursts. I played mm-hmm. that a lot on the train when it first came out. Not so much these days, but <laughs> uh, I think that's it for people who've submitted their own, I believe. Yeah. And uh, yeah, let's, let's go, back, go to the feedback. James, would you mind keep keeping up um, with that? Well, we've got some uh, some wrong information from Ty saying that uh, you know Double Dash was actually a good Mario Kart game, <laughs> it was. Uh, but we'll just uh, ignore that. Whatever. <laughs> um, got Addison Webb giving some uh, suggestions for uh, you know Virtual Console, uh, GameCube Virtual Console. Um, he says, well, outside of Sunshine, you know, people are always talking about Sunshine. He said, outside of Sunshine, the most notable GameCube games already have superior re-releases. He's kind of right, isn't he? Like, you know, mm-hmm. Twilight Princess and stuff and uh, Wind Waker. They're all better right. on Wii U, aren't they? Well, yeah, man, I still have to finish Twilight Princess. My list will never end. I haven't even but, started that. I haven't even started Wind Waker for Wind Waker <laughs> HD, and I bought that when it first came out. Excuse me, Addison's not finished. He also oh. suggests um, F-Zero, uh, GX, I'm assuming, and Beautiful Joe, both good choices. 
Okay, and next up we have James W. J. Dubs, Cyrus's replacement in the last episode. He uh, <laughs> said it was fun to talk about something different for a change. Particularly making fun of Cyrus, yes. And he says, yeah, it was obviously the best episode ever with him on it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Cyrus <laughs> agrees. <laughs> Did you actually listen to it? I thought about it, then, nah. I, I edited the whole episode just for you, Cyrus. What the hell? I, <laughs> All the I things really we think about the episode. And what J- does this relationship mean to you? <laughs> JWs also says, have the servers been able to handle his guest appearance? Yep, it's fine. <laughs> uh, Luca, Luca asked, um, he wants a good Christmas recipe for ramen that he can do at home mm, and also spend a family Christmas. <laughs> does anyone have any ramen recipes? Cup yeah, ramen. Go go to your local like supermarket and buy like an instant pack of ramen. Put some boiling water in there. It's about five minutes. It's good to go. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to go ahead and do it for feedback. So we're going to go ahead and uh, close with the show. Um, I figured out what's out here right now. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at the Famicast, no spaces or anything like that. If you want to send us an email? As always, the fa- sorry Famicast at NintendoWorldReport.com. One of these days, I'll get it right. Uh, if you want to follow me personally, you can follow me at Danny Biv, D A N N Y V as in boy I V. James, how about you? Yeah, at Family Complicated. As always, okay. please understand and happy holidays. Sure. And Kwanzaa, whatever. Yep. And uh, Ty, how about you, man? Uh, my Twitter is SuperCatDrugs. Uh, please go there for some uh, Jet Set radio animations and oh. video game jokes. Yes. Yes. And uh, Cyrus, how about you, buddy? You can find me at Celsi, where I'll be posting just constant Rogue One spoilers. It's going to be great. <laughs> And uh, speaking of Rogue One, we're planning, well, for the audio listeners um, to the podcast, we're going to have a segment all about Star Wars Rogue One coming immediately after this, after you hear the outro and all that stuff. So stay tuned for that. If you're watching on YouTube, feel free to, you know, check us, check out the audio version of the, of the show, even if it's just for that segment. Uh, we'd love to, yeah, have you guys listen to it. I think that's going to go ahead and do it for today. It's getting pretty late here. Yeah, hope you guys all have happy holidays, safe time if you have to travel somewhere, all that type of stuff. Um, Yeah, so we'll see you here in a few minutes. But for those of us that are maybe leaving and not coming on the segment, probably Ty, because he hates Star Wars. That's right. (laughs) So, yeah, have a good Christmas, holidays, whatever, and we'll uh, catch you guys later. Fun crew out. Bye-bye. Nice.
right, and we're back for some Star Wars Rogue One talk. So joining me again, James Charlton. Uh, yeah, I'm your father. Yes. And Sarah Salani. That's, that's me. So I figured we'd just kind of get right into it. So I guess before going into the movie, obviously they've been kind of pipping this out for quite a while now. Like from the trailers and stuff, like what were you guys' guys' general expectations of Rogue One? I was, I was hype. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, because um, I remember because the trailers, I mean, they started off quite slow. And I mean, I liked what they did with the episode seven trailers as well. Yeah. Not just like a full on blowout from day one. It was like, you know, a slow build up. And it was like uh, places never seen before, um, like the uh, the water, you know, the Hawaii planet or whatever it is. Right. Called. Scarif, I think. Oh, Scarif. Scarif, thank you. Things like that. I was like, "Yeah, that's cool," and and seemed like you know good old episode four type technology in the in there as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. I mean, I I liked the all of the technology and all the stuff that perfectly matched what we saw in episode four, and you know, actual classic stormtroopers and Vader and stuff like that. I thought that was really neat. Was Vader in like maybe the second or third trailer though? Yeah, yeah maybe the second or third one. I, I really don't remember which one. That was kind of a spoiler for me. Like mm-hmm. I had no idea. I was trying to avoid spoilers completely, and when that didn't the second or third trailer came out and Vader was in it, I was like, "Holy shit, Vader's in it!" Yeah, <laughs> like, I guess that was their like, like they needed something big and episode four e to drag people in. Like mm. that it's was a, their. It's the same. Though. It's the same. Though, that, it's the same that they thought they needed that. I don't yeah. think they needed that, yeah. but you know, whatever. Um, um, but by the way, for the guys listening. Um, if you don't want to hear any spoilers, you should probably just stop now. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is your bail point. It it, it goes downhill pretty rapidly, spoiler wise. From here, three, two, one. Everyone dies. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> literally everyone dies. There you go. Um, talking about the trailers just a little bit more is I my policy with trailers is I watch if it's a movie I'm actively interested in, like Star Wars or most of the Marvel movies. I will watch one trailer and then I will never watch another trailer hmm. until it comes out. That's a good rule. So it gives me a taste of the movie, but I don't get anything really spoiled on me before it comes out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the first Force Awakens trailer, like it, or not Force Awakens, whatever this one, Rogue One. Rogue One. It, um, <laughs> yeah, Already it didn't really spoil anything. It showed the, the scar of Hawaii planet. And so I didn't really get any huge expectations. I was more like, okay, this this looks good. It looks like a Star Wars movie. And uh, that Hawaii planet looks amazing. And I think the first trailer had that shot of uh, them sliding the Death Star super laser into the structure. Right. And that that sold me on the movie was that single shot. I'm like, oh, that's okay. what it was doing. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I thought that the Death Star always did that. I thought it, that's how it kind of aligned its laser. But I guess I just didn't watch the movies enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you don't really get to see any of that in the classic movies. But it, it kind of makes sense because... I mean, they have to put the thing together. Mm, um, I think, like, that, up to that point where it was just like, oh, we gotta steal the Death Star plans. Like, I didn't really, that was, that's cool, whatever. I've done it a million times in various ways in various games. There, but, there was uh, there was a little bit of, you know, like, the Hobbit trailers when, it, when they introduced those, like, 47 dwarves, and it was like, <laughs> Louie, Dewey, Fluey, Pluey, Hobby, Flobby, Flobby, and Flibby. Yes. And it's like, okay, just shut up. It, it, Rogue One, it wasn't quite like that bad, but it, there was a lot of like, I don't know that guy, I don't know that guy, don't know that right. guy, fuck if I know that guy. Uh, he looks cool, but I don't know who the fuck he is. And there, <laughs> there was a bit of like, you know, 
you've got 10 people, but you don't know any of them kind of feeling. Sure. But, you know, that turned out fine in the end, you know. But, yeah, that I was mean, my initial thoughts anyway. For, for me, with the with the initial trailers too, just, you know, the main character, Jen, Jen, Jean, God, Jen, yeah, thank you. Um, just basically kind of being this, I don't know, it's kind of this sassy, bitchy, <laughs> rebel I, I just didn't really feel it in some of the yeah. older trailers that they did i was, that, yeah, I was about to say that. yeah uh, i actually the the one line that she had in the trailer the first one i had is like this is a rebellion right yeah we rebel that yeah. i am i'm eternally thankful that what did not make it into the movie. yeah the, the, actually t- uh, today uh, the day of recording and um, somebody just released or uh, somebody somebody edited all of the tr- uh, trailers um mm. and into all the scenes that are not in the movie mm-hmm. and it's it's like a three minute long video yeah i, I want to go back <laughs> it's and watch amazing. that there was like crazy amount of reshoots in this movie so yeah, i want to so much didn't make it in it yeah and i'm so glad yeah like i it's amazing you guys just took the words out of my mouth i was literally thinking that exact same well, I, like, i'm just glad I I rebel. yeah i'm just glad i wasn't the only one i was talking to josh my buddy that came on last year talking about the force awakens and <laughs> he was you know yeah, well, he he's one of the he's of the type that you know he just feels he he didn't like episode seven and he just feels kind of betrayed <laughs> by Disney, you know how some which is which is why he's not invited on this segment. Well, yes, he, he talked to me. He's like, "Hey, so you recording stuff about Rogue One?" I was like, "Well, yeah, but I mean, you haven't seen the movie, man. I mean, <laughs> I'm oh, he's, sorry. he's refusing to see it." Yeah, he doesn't want to see it. I told him, I was like, okay, then... Did, you got, wow, probably, he was burned that bad that he doesn't want to see that? That's interesting. Josh has very high standards. I mean, sometimes, like, too high. He knows it, but he doesn't care. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, what does what does Josh know about Star Wars, anyway? <laughs> Not enough. Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, do you remember... There was that, that, that line when she says, like, you know, we're a rebellion. I rebel, or whatever, whatever the line is. You know, it's some right. bullshit, right? It reminded me of like, do you remember the um, was it Scott Pilgrim versus the world, of, uh, and he has to like defeat all these the eight evil exes of his government. Have you seen the movie? I have. It's been a while. And there's um, it's that Superman actor actually, um, the from Superman Returns. Uh, I oh. oh, it's Brandon Roos, Brandon something like that right mm-hmm. so he's in, he's one of the evil exes and there's a line actually it's in the trailer for that movie as well and he goes like um i'm gonna destroy or something i'm gonna be like a cleaning lady who dusts you know she dusts and the the kind of the intonation and the the way he delivered that line was exactly <laughs> the way she said like we're a rebellion we rebel it was just kind of like this kind of sarcastic you know campy <laughs> like way of delivering the line it was so weird yeah, and reminded me but, of that. Yeah, I mean, like you, you've said, and I said, all of us have said at this point. So I'm, I'm really glad that they, kind of, yeah. with all these reshoots and just kind of rethinking about some of these things, that they took it out. Like even, you know, in the trailer, I think that maybe the final trailer or the maybe the second one where they showed Jin coming up to like that Tie Fighter, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's yeah what the hell was that? Yeah, I, I thought that was. I thought that was Doth. <laughs> I thought that was he was coming to like blast the shit out of her. I mean, well, yeah, would have pretty. What risky. I gathered, the end of the movie was like almost entirely different. Like, yeah, it was, it was like, like a huge. Like that. It's like one of, one of the main things of the ending that looked changed was there's like a scene of her running across the beach holding the Death Star plan, and there's like all these epic shots of stormtroopers wading through water facing off against rebels. So right, yeah. So, well, also, she was supposed to survive, apparently. And yeah. they, 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 were, they were worried that Disney weren't going to allow everyone to die. 
but in the end they did accept it which is why everyone dies <laughs> yeah so I, but, I had read somewhere that the actress for her was on like a two uh, movie contract or something i wonder how yeah, that's gonna work so now. i'm guessing that was more <laughs> hedging their bets than anything but Rogue two yeah. <laughs> there it is. I thought, I thought the Death Star was blown up. It was. It's back. <laughs> um, that wouldn't work. But yeah, um, her character yeah is very different from what I thought she was going to be from the trailers. Like um, now I think now we think about it. I mean, I hadn't really thought about the trailers till, till now. But like, um, she was portrayed as this kind of like you know you know can we really trust this girl right. <laughs> you know but it wasn't really like that in the story it was no. like <laughs> there was a bit of that but it wasn't really the focus of her you know? yeah it, it lasted about like 20 minutes and then she was i'm a rebel i'm in this for the long haul right i mean it, it kind of made her more, more of like a sympathetic character from the beginning i guess we can kind of move on to characters and stuff mm-hmm. like that too but um it kind it kind of made her sympathetic just from the opening scene of the movie where she's a kid her mom gets killed and dad yeah. gets taken away and it kind of makes you feel like sorry for her but i mean if it were if let's say that wasn't in there and she's just being a bitch to mon mothma then i just i just feel like what the hell's your problem you know yeah, it was a good spin. Like, I mean, the fact that she's the daughter of the guy who designed the fucking Death Star, mm-hmm. that's a pretty good, uh, you know, character arc to have, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, that really surprised me. And I heard someone else talking about this, is that, like, going into the movie, I expected this to just be the rebel, the rebellion assembles its, you know, its, its ragtag team of infiltrators to get the plans. But it was actually, like, a personal story about this girl and her father, who was the Death Star designer. Right. Which was a really I was not expecting that spin on the on the story at all. Right. If the, if this was like a, a cop movie in the eighties, it would be like a guy who's got his badge taken away from him and but he still goes after the main bad guy anyway and kills him. Yeah. It would be like that, right? Then right. it's not authorized by, you know, Mon Mother or whatever. Well, until, you know, the end when they just kind of help them out anyway. <laughs> like, ah, oh, why not? Yeah. Send everyone. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> could be worth a shot so talking about the characters Mm. overall what did you think of the characters in this movie like as a general ensemble um i think i'd remembered some of their names by the end of the film Mm -hmm. uh cassian Mm -hmm. uh he's like the you know like the or the han solo kind of guy right yeah Cassian, (laughs) cassian right yes um the the donnie yen character which, yep. I'm on, which I only know because I'm reading it off Danny's notes here. <laughs> I, I yes, wouldn't have known. Kudos for these lists. Chirik Imwe, like... is that right? Yeah. Um, I mean, he was, he was really cool. I actually thought he was going to turn out to be a Jedi and, and kick some ass, but um, as we know, there's only one lightsaber usage in the whole movie, and it's in the last 40 seconds of the movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I thought it was very cool that Donnie was... Not Donnie Yen, he's a good friend of mine, Donnie. Yeah, but, Don, uh, Donnie but Chirrut Imwe... He was Force-sensitive, but not a Jedi. That was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I, I actually thought there was like a lightsaber crystal in his stick thing at one point, but I guess not. <laughs> yeah, the way he was holding his staff, like when he was doing his big scene of like, you know, the Force is with me, I, whatever, and he was walking out into the sand, it like whatever way he was holding it, I half expected him to ignite a lightsaber right. at that point. There was a point at the, near the end when I thought that was going to happen, but... Um, and and that guy who looks like a Metal Gear Solid Two boss, um, Bay's Malbus. Oh, the guy with the big gun, <laughs> isn't it? Was is he called Raven in Metal Gear Solid Two? Oh, Metal Gear Solid One. Raven. Oh, it's one. Oh, it's one. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Shit. Oh. 
yeah yeah kind of you know with a big kind of like the chain gun thing with the with the ammo on his back and stuff right. yeah he was he was pretty cool i like him um you don't really learn much too much about him other than that he's friends with the donnie n character right. he was originally supposed to be a big chewbacca style alien character <laughs> and they, they like through various rewrites he was turned into this like heavy machine gun user yeah i, I right. don't yeah <laughs> there weren't really many aliens i mean there was that little alien dude do you remember oh yeah uh, he was quite cute yeah. yeah i think that was kind of in like i can understand that they made them all human because there was there was a lot of spy stuff and if there's big aliens walking around there's it's hard to explain them as like why right. aren't the imperials arresting this clearly not an imperial alien dude <laughs> yeah i mean in, the empires must be racist as hell i mean it's only humans you know so yep pretty much but they do have black guys the stormtroopers well in episode seven <laughs> yeah exactly uh, um but i thought the best character was the k2so oh, the, I, the, the robot I think that is by far the best universal opinion that yeah, k2 yeah. is the best in the movie I, ironic that the cg robot character has the most personality <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, apparently, like Alan Tudyk, I love him from like in everything he is. He's he's really oh, good. he's the voice actor. Yeah, okay. so he's uh, he's Wash from Firefly and a bunch of other stuff. But he uh, he apparently like ad libbed most of his lines. Well, the, the line which was in the trailer, like um, I've been told not to kill you or something, that wasn't in the movie, mm. right? It was a good line in the trailer, but it wasn't in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's yeah, some but... other funny ones, like you know, he's like, you know, Jen, I'm I'm gonna be here. And we're going to go do this together because Cassian told me I had to. <laughs> it's just like, that was just hilarious. It was also, it was a bit odd that the Forrest Whitaker character saw Guerrero. Um, yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't in it as much as I thought. I mean, he was in part, like it was, you had a glimpse of him at the beginning of the film mm-hmm. and then, you know, slowly building up to meeting him, you know, in the mid, you know, the second act or whatever. But, you know, obviously he dies. He's the first to die, isn't he? In, in, of right. the, yeah. Uh, but in the trailer, it really made it look like he was going to be like the, you know, an extra gin going to be like the main character because it's such a famous actor as well. Right. That, that I think is actually one of the points that I disliked about the movie was he's introduced as like her caretaker. Then there's that weird jump where, you know, it catches up to him and he's yeah. like this 20 years later. <laughs> and it's like, no, I like, why did you do this? Why did you even have this story beat if you were just going to cut out most of it? Yeah. And he, and he looks exactly the same as like when she was a, you know, a tiny, you know, whatever, five-year-old. And then when she's like 25, he looks exactly right. the same. What's interesting there as well, again, with the trailer reshoots is it shows him, I think he gives almost the same speech or the same speech as he gives in the cave. Um, but in in the movie he's older like he's it's the 20 years later version but in the trailer it's the young version hmm. like he, he doesn't have the crazy that. hair and right, right. Okay. you know another i'd say another interesting thing about this character he's a i guess a pretty prominent character in star wars rebels and i think he might even actually have been in clone wars as well Saul guerrera yeah Okay. I know. I know for a fact he's in Rebels. I'm yeah, he's showing up in an episode of Rebels soon. I don't think well, he's been in it yet, but I think there's okay. a there's a book like a Rogue One prequel book, the prequel book to the prequel movie is, um, <laughs> and I think it 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 is all of those missing story beats of like the twenty years. I think that is the the plot of this book. So it's like designed as like, oh, watch Rogue One, and you know this movie will fill in the blanks kind of thing. Hmm. 
So what about the uh, the imperial side? Um, the so what's his name? Orson Krennic. Yeah. So like, I mean, he kind of reminded me of the guy in episodes episode seven, who's kind of like always battling with uh, Kylo Ren. Yeah. Um, it was he was kind of playing that part, I guess. You know, the kind of you know the whiny you know old guy who's trying to you know get be more powerful than the actual siths or whatever right um you know he, he was he was all right i mean i it didn't really stand out as being uh amazing to me I, I thought he was cool but he felt like a really smart character and i love smart villains mm-hmm. but i felt like he didn't really get a chance to be as smart as we were supposed to think he was right so like he looked cool he had the white uniform that's always really cool yeah and uh he was like one-on-one with vader and all this yeah stuff. i mean that's that's pretty crazy to go up and just to like vader you're a fucking asshole and he's like oh yeah <laughs> so, false joke yeah he, like that's I, I like he's a character i wish we knew more about but i'm also glad they didn't spend too much time on him in the movie right so he's in a weird place He's he's like the guy you know you work with in the office. He's always trying to like take other people people's ideas and claim them for his own. You know, trying to suck up to the boss. He's, it's like that guy, isn't he? Right. But he did have like at the very start when he's first introduced and it shows him walking across the that that farm planet. Oh right, and, yeah. And I love like that uh, you know the the Death Star designer, what's his name, Galen Erso. Yeah. He, uh, he's like, yeah, my wife and child died, and. Uh, Krennic is like, oh my god, that's so tragic. Search the house. <laughs> right. And it's like, that's cool. That's a cool villain that does something like that. Yeah. Right. Mads Mik- Mads Mikkelsen? Michelson? What's his name? <laughs> no idea. If it's not a funny Star Wars name, I have no chance. No, no, no. The, the, the actor who's also in uh, Death Stranding, the Kojima game. Uh, that's the same guy, right? Mads Mikkelsen, isn't it? Hannibal. Hannibal Lecter, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool. It's not in it as much as I would have hoped, actually, because he's such a good actor and you yeah. know the character is interesting. But you know, like a lot of this movie, you know, there's people introduced for minutes at the beginning and then minutes at the end, but you don't really see anything in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> there's a few guys that are like that. Um, the, okay, and I just want to describe this mind explosion moment for me in when I was watching this. Like the the guy, the imperial imperial guy called. Tarkin. Uh, Tarkin, thank you. Okay. Grand Moff Tarkin. So, okay. I, I'm i pretty good at, at spotting CG. Okay. Like, I, I mean, when I can see things that most people don't, you know, like I, I think, okay, even if it's like a tiny little thing in the scene, I was like, oh, okay, that's CG, but it looks cool. You know, I'll, I'll appreciate it, but I'll notice it at the same time. It took me midpoint in the movie to realize even though i know that there's a guy from episode four from like literally 30 years ago and i know he's long dead well i didn't know it i wasn't thinking about that at the time but you should was... have referenced your star wars insider magazines from the 90s what's that <laughs> nothing <laughs> um and then it was like yeah literally at midpoint in the movie watching i was like holy shit that guy that guy that's is this like his son is this like is this a guy who looks like him is like is that cg and it was like it was only till like after the movie finished that i had to just double check i was like i just had to google it It it's like is talking cg question mark and it was like and then there was a page about it and i was like holy shit he was cg like it i didn't know i didn't notice it at all like i mean i had to double check it at the end like i said 
Um, like obviously the uh, Princess Leia moment at the end, that was obvious. Like yeah. she was far, she was far too shiny. Carrie Fisher doesn't look like that anymore either. She was right. definitely a bit weird, and even she she moved a bit janky, puppety kind of. But yeah, but the the Tarkin thing, maybe it was just like the lighting or the the guy who was under the CG mask or whatever just looked. I, I mean, I've since seen a picture of what he looks like under there, and he, he does look actually quite similar to him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, and there was a different guy doing the voice, so they had a guy right. doing an impression of the the original actor, and then the yeah. guy standing in as the actor, and then you know obviously the CG mask. So I was incredibly impressed by that. Very, very yeah. impressed. Actually, Sai and I were talking about this right before we started recording. And um, like I, being a pretty big Star Wars fan, and I, you know, I had Star Wars magazines back in the day. I remember the issue I got of the magazine where it said, oh, man, you know, um, he's Peter dead. Cushing. Yeah, thank you. Peter oh, Cushing's yeah. dead. And I was like, oh, man. That's why, like, as soon as I saw, like, the, the, the character, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, it's a cartoon. <laughs> so this but, is this is what I've heard from a lot of people is that if you know he's dead, you immediately spot the CG. Like that was for me. It was like, oh, this is amazing looking, but that's definitely CG. Right. For people who don't know he's dead or don't really think about it, um, like me, he passes. Like, like yeah. a, a lot of people have gone in and later have been told, oh yeah, that guy, that was a CG guy, and they're like, what? So. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not quite that. Like I did, I did notice, but it was only because I, it, like a puzzle, like a, uh, I put together, you know, guy plus thirty years equals must be dead. Therefore, <laughs> therefore CG. It was like okay, it must be CG. It wasn't like oh, that's CG. It wasn't like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, people are now thinking about like not not really like can we do CG stand-ins, but like the moral implications, like should we you know, basically <laughs> grave dig old actors to <laughs> put them in new movies and stuff. Right. You know, is, is it, you know, obviously they have the, the permission from the family and everything, but like, you know, you got to be do, careful about that, right? Do they though, from Peter Cushing's family? I mean, you would hope so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, I, I was, again, I was talking to Sai about this before we recorded, but I, I didn't even thought about this as like an ethical issue. I was just like, okay, it's Peter Cushing's face on somebody's body. The, the, the first time it was, it was done from what I recall anyway, it was, it was in gladiator. Um, he died halfway through production yeah. or something, but it was like, it was like a shot from like 300 meters away. And it was like, it was just a, you know, you could, you could barely see the guy. So you wouldn't even be able to tell anyway. And then there was more, more, more recently it was the fast and the furious, uh, whatever, eight, nine, 10, whatever we're up to the last right. one. Exactly. Um, with Paul Walker and his, his brother standing in that, that to me was a little bit like, Ooh, you know, his brother, you're like standing in for your dead brother. He's only been dead for like less than a year. And you, yeah. Ooh, that's a bit weird, but for, for, for movies where the actor dies halfway through, I think that's a little more morally. Okay. Oh, probably. Oh, the dark Knight as well. It probably, there were some scenes. Uh, in that right. uh, he died after that. No, I think. That was the, he did that other movie is like some, Oh God, the imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, to, to make up for the fact that Heath Ledger died, then they said, okay, let's just put Johnny Depp in here. And I forgot somebody else and maybe another guy. And they just used the stuff they had with Heath Ledger. And then they just replaced the characters completely and somehow tied it in with the story. So it made sense. Oh yeah. The, the point was that the sequel to that one, the dark Knight rises, you know, was supposed to have the Joker in it. Cause obviously the Joker doesn't die. Um, but then they decided against it just for, you know, for taste mm-hmm. reasons. So they probably could have done a CG kind of thing, but they didn't. 
Yeah, uh, when it comes to Peter Cushing, though, this is definitely this is almost the first thing I saw when he started when I was like, oh my god, this is the CG construct is is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like at the first, it was like, okay, cool, he has a cameo. But again, I was talking to Danny a little about this. Is Tarkin is in this movie a lot? Like yeah. he's a main character in this movie, almost the same amount of screen time as Krennic gets. Which makes me, which which partially made me doubt that it was, you know, that which didn't set the the CG alarm bells ringing because it was it was just like front and center talk, yeah, talking and they to people. Yeah, didn't try and hide him at all. He's main like fully lit stages, like facing the camera. He's it's like no um, it's like what do you call it? Like hiding in plain sight. You know right. what I mean? It was like, you know, they're not trying to hide it. It's like, yep, this is it, you know, and they're like... So so as the movie went on, like, I was really thinking, like, this is very, very odd that this is a dead man that I'm looking at starring in a new movie. He's been dead 30 years, and he's got a new movie out. And, uh... <laughs> Good looking. And, like, <laughs> and, like, the CG... CG is not perfect. Like, I could definitely see it with CG, but it is yeah. so close to being seamless, perfect CG recreation. Right. Yeah. you got like, you got to think in, like, another 30 years' time, is it going to look like complete garbage? Yeah, um, like, mm, I'd say, hard to think I'd now, say within, but... like, 10, 15 years, we're going to have perfect CG. Like, you will not be able to tell if they mm. want to do it. That's what they were saying, and, like, 15 years ago, though. I know, everyone <laughs> says this 10, 15 years That's ago. what Lucas said in the prequels. <laughs> <laughs> this is but, it. This is perfection. Yes. But what I'm wondering is, like, like at some point in the future, are we even going to have to hire actors? Can we just be like, okay, for this movie, I want Johnny Depp, like, age 25, 30? Can, like, how much oh, will that yeah. cost me? There was um, Iron Man. Uh, not Iron Man. Iron um, Man. Uh, had, had no, no, no. no. What, what was the last um, big Marvel movie before? Oh, Doctor Strange. Was it um, Civil War? Yeah. Oh, um, Civil War. And there was a young uh, Robert Downey Jr., like a 20-year-old version of himself in it. Yeah, so so that kind of stuff. That, like that looked more shiny. That looked more Princess Leia in that one. Yeah, they did that in Tron Legacy as well. They had. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Jeff Bridges looks a bit strange. That was yeah. awful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was that was still like six years ago. So it's like still very cool. There's a few scenes that are very convincing in that. Oh, and there was also in Ant Man as well. The, um, oh, I haven't seen uh, that. Ant Man version of the, the, the Michael Douglas. Yeah. Uh, there was like a twenty, uh, thirty-year-old version of him. Huh. Um, and but that immediately stood out to me. I was like, "Yep, CG fake." You know. Yeah. So like, when are they going to like just start picking dead actors? Like again, maybe asking the family and say, "Hey, can we use your dead husband in this movie? And can we make him like fifty? And just like, you know, they can pick and choose. Hey, we want Marilyn Monroe to star in this movie. So with with, with Darth Vader, obviously, you know, it could be any guy on in the suit, right? It's right. And thank God the voice actor is still alive. Um, yeah. So he could do it. And um, what what do you think of Vader? By the way, in this movie, I, I thought he—it uh, surprised me of how many lines. I think he was a little bit too talk- talkative. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit I, too yeah. talky-talky for, for Vader. Right. I, guess, I, was, yeah. I, I saw the movies recently, and he does actually talk quite a bit. Mm-hmm. He he like he spiels on a bit, especially in Empire. He kind of talks a bit. So, I he was very conversationally in this movie, but he wasn't too. Mu- he didn't drag me out of the movie by talking too much. But like the way he was introduced, this like you know, well reintroduced is like you know this ominous thing and the fluid fl- uh, coming out of the thing, and then it's like and it's like blah 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 blah. You know, it's like you know, what, what, so what's been going on with you then? Oh, how's the Death Star going along? Yeah, how's the family? How's the wife? You know, it's like shut up. Just you don't need to talk. You just need to like stand there and look awesome. 
right? <laughs> I guess kind of yeah, tying into the story, I you know, with that first Vader scene where he's uh, he gets out of the back to tank, I thought that was kind of interesting too. Yeah. I, okay, I, it kind of just brought whenever they were kind of going over the volcano planet. I was thinking, oh god, no. So it's just is, kind of is having, that the one? Is that the one from episode three? They didn't yeah, specifically is, say, but it probably is. They have announced afterward. It is Mustafar from episode okay. three. So that, that place where he gets like horrifically deformed, he actually goes back and makes a you know starts a new house there. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I thought that whole scene was unnecessary. If I was yes. going to cut a scene, I would cut that whole planet section. That but, is exactly what I thought too. But um, the fact it. that he built his house on the place where he got horribly mauled, I thought that's pretty cool. Like that seems like a very Sith thing to do. And that, that, that's been part of the lore for years. And just for them to kind of, I think it's like even expanded universe stuff, but they kind of stuck with it. Um, that's kind of neat. He could probably go outside and find his legs. <laughs> yes. And his arms. That's what uh, the next spinoff movie, after they've done the young Han Solo one, it's like middle-aged Darth Vader, the search for my legs. <laughs> just out there with a fishing rod in the lava. <laughs> there he goes. But uh, my bet, the reason, because that, that just felt out of place going to this planet. I'm betting that planet shows up in episode 8. Mm. Well, oh, because Kylo Ren's going to be searching for, for remnants of Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So I'm, I'd say that is a very, very not too subtle, like, kind of something that when episode 8 comes, people are like, hey, that's the planet from Have that it, other movie. Did um, the director, Gareth Edwards, right? Um, does, is it Garth or Gareth? <laughs> Garth, party time, Wayne. <laughs> um, didn't he say that there is something that links to episode eight in this movie, but he's not going to tell you? Uh, maybe, I don't know. Something <laughs> like that, right? So you could be right. It could be like one of those kind of things. It could be like a tiny thing in the background of one scene, or it could be, you know, a, a planet or something. We don't know. I just figured that they'd probably just make it into comic books. You know, this is what happened before episode seven. And between episode six, you've got to buy them all. That's Bunch of books, let me assure you. Yeah. Um, Mon Mothma was the actress that she she was in episode three, but then cut, right? So um, actually, what, just before we go to Mon Mothma, still mm-hmm. on Darth Vader, at the very mm-hmm. end, when he's like, when he boards the, tries to board the Tantive Four, and uh, and he has the, like, he cut, he kills like dozens of rebel troopers. Um, you know, he like, he bursts out of the shadows, lightsaber, and cuts them all out. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, awesome. I think, that is I'm probably sorry. the most terrifying fucking Darth Vader scene in any of the movies. That yeah. is like that was amazing. That sequence. Yeah, I mean, in the original trilogy, you don't see him going around killing people. I mean, you'd see it in Episode Three, but he's not wearing the suit. Mm. Right. And this is the first time you see Darth Vader outside of a video game just carving up some rebels and just yeah. kicking ass. And he he like takes no shit. He just absolutely it- murders <clears throat> those people. Didn't yeah. it feel? It felt a little bit like fan servicey. Like, ah, throw this scene in at the end to to make people happy, and so they'll cheer at the end of the movie. Which and is funny because it's the bad guy cutting down a bunch of good guys. Like, yeah, yeah. rock on, movie. Yeah, I mean, but in, in America, people are going to be standing up and going, "Rock on, yeah!" He's such an iconic character. I think not even just in America. I mean, just even in Japan, as like a masked masked character. In Japan, people are standing up saying "fuck yeah." Yes, no, it's some, you know what I mean. It's it's a character. I mean, the Japanese Japanese, can, especially with Star Wars stuff, they tend to like 
characters like Boba Fett, Stormtroopers, Darth Vader's, those are like more popular characters, for like merchandise and stuff. Robotic so, looking people. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's it's, it's just cool. You don't know who the hell's under there. You don't know what he looked, well, okay, if you've seen episode three, you kind of know what he used to look like, or whatever. But, and episode six. Yeah, that too, the original cut. He's a yep. happy old man. Uh, there's also a young a, a young guy. 30 years later. Yep. Make any um. So yeah, Darth Vader scene was awesome. It did feel a little bit like, you know, pasted in there to make people happy, but you know, it made me happy. So job done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, and also like the way, I mean, I'm sure this would um, make uh, Josh like vomit in his, in the, on the floor in the <laughs> cinema, but like the way it seamlessly links uh, this with episode four. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it literally pro- ends like an hour before episode four starts. Right. I mean, I'm sure Josh would just barf all over the floor with yeah. that. Right? I mean, it is it is a retcon, but it's not like <laughs> yeah. a bad one, you know. I think I thought it was a genius retcon because, yeah. like, the fact that the the plans, the Death Star plans, have been um, they've been they've been stolen. I mean, that is mentioned in Episode Four, right? Like, mm-hmm. many rebels died yeah. to get these plans or whatever, right? So, throwaway line. But like the fact that the 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 weakness is put in on purpose. And then it's, you see episode four in a whole new light now. It's like, okay, the, the, the Imperials are not idiots. <laughs> it was it was done, you know, on yeah, purpose. Yeah, I, I agree. This is one of those very rare moments where a prequel actually enhances the following movie. Yeah, that's right. Where, uh, that, was a, that was a very cute and great way to fill in, uh, like, a uh, Imperials. Did you, did you see this hole in your ship? That's bad. And, <laughs> and, and that, that one plot point, is better than the whole prequel trilogy. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not. It's not even a joke. I mean, all of like three movies to tell you that uh, Anakin Skywalker is a bit of an asshole. Three and, movies to say that. Yeah. Um, but with this one, you know, one movie and it's like you know it it uh, enhance like Danny said it you know enhances. Oh no, sorry, sorry, you said it. <laughs> it enhances uh, episode four. It's 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 amazing. I'll take credit for it. <laughs> guess you just got to get a british uh british director to come in here and show you guys how to do it right <laughs> so i guess oh, I, I forgot ty's not on this episode he can't say anything <laughs> that's usually <laughs> the point when he'd come in and say something i'll take the brunt of the, the, brunt of the, the brunt of it all it's okay um i guess getting onto the story just kind of like a little bit more specifically maybe we, maybe we've kind of touched on this but let's maybe just reiterate on it a little bit more so what Let's start out with the positive. Like, what did you really like about this movie? Maybe name like one of your favorite scenes. Well, uh, obviously, the, the final Darth scene was uh, was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, other, other than that, I mean, I, I liked any any scene with the the robot in uh, K two SO was good. Um, I liked seeing you know like uh, the 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 city with like you know all the you know, the stormtroopers like parading around it and stuff. That was cool to see that kind of stuff. Very, just like a, just a, the gritty atmosphere was, was, was cool. Um, I, I can't really like pick out really specific scenes to be honest. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Um, for me overall, like the movie, uh, the parts I really liked, like story wise, I liked the whole, getting the Death Star plan sequence, like on Scarif. Mm-hmm. All of that was cool. Yeah. And visually, the movie is unbelievable. It yeah. is the prettiest Star Wars movie by a long mile. Right. Like, uh, 
the shots of the Death Star, they they showed that Death Star. The guy who clearly had like was in love with the Death Star, like he made that thing look beautiful in so many different shots. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time it fired its super laser, that looked incredible. Yeah, that's and, cool. Like there was just so many like beautiful, visually stunning sequences in this. Like the two star destroyers crashing, or the oh yeah, that was neat. Like oh my god, there were just so many great like wide angle shots. Or the like at the very start when the shadow over the the rings of the planet. Yeah. Like there was just all these amazing like you could have posters of half of this movie. It just looks so gorgeous. Yeah, for me, I, I liked how later on in the movie they kind of started kind of depicting that, hey, you know, the rebels are the good guys, but they're not all actually that good. I mean, you had that one general basically trying to tell Cass, like, you know what? Fuck Galen. I don't care what his story is. We just need him dead. And mm-hmm. he was going to do it, and he has done that type of stuff. At the beginning of the movie, Cassian just murdered that one guy and then ran away. I mean... And you don't really have any context as to why. You're just like, okay, that's kind of fucked up. But, and I don't know. I think that's good. Just not making it so black and white. Even though, you know. Yeah, it was, a it was bit cool more... to, to see them as an army. Like a really desperate guerrilla army. As opposed yeah. to the, the white knights fighting against the evil dark empire. Yeah, I like that type of stuff. And, you know, also in general, I like war movies and stuff too. So it was cool to seeing like occupied cities by st- She's being occupied by stormtroopers and stuff. I mean, that was just neat. Yeah, it was a war movie, wasn't it? It was a yeah. full-on war movie. This is not like your kitty prequel or whatever. This is like, yeah, it's dark. I mean, I think in the UK it's rated like a, a 12. Okay, yeah, yeah America it's PG-13. Or, yeah, or actually, the, the story be speaking of things that might be bad for kids is uh, mm-hmm. like the moment the characters started dying, I was like, oh, wait, what? They're killing with these characters and they're not stopping? Like, right. I mean, that people was... that, I mean, the old, like, grenade death uh, scene, you know, that's that's in there, you know, like, the friend seeing his own friend being shot, you know, it's it's a very war movie, like, yeah. you know, how people die. Yeah. That I think that might actually be my favorite thing about the story of this movie, is that it wasn't designed to build a franchise out of, like, yeah. It, it was its own self-contained thing. All of these characters are dead. They can't go anywhere from this. Right. Uh, I think I think that's what I was I was worried about. Like you know, these kind of like in, like we're having a Star Wars movie every year now. I mean, you, you got to admit you you were a little bit worried when you heard that, right? Like mm-hmm. things were going to be diluted, and you know, these kind of movies are just going to be throw away, and it might make you less excited for episodes eight and nine and stuff. But so far, that hasn't happened um, yeah. which is a, which is a good testament to the movie i mean i'm still hyped for episode eight which is good yeah i mean if you look at something like the marvel universe i mean obviously there's a lot more movies out in that but i mean before they started doing this too i mean they they had to kind of worry about the same things i mean now they're huge there are multiple marvel movies coming out every year not all of them are great right right, right. but most of them are pretty pretty good slash amazing and I mean, Star Wars doesn't have that many out yet, but it'll probably get there, <laughs> you know, so. Do you think there's... we'll get to a point where we have two Star Wars in a, in a year? Well, I mean, next year we get episode eight at Christmas, and then mm-hmm. in May in 2018, we get, uh, you know, the Han Solo movie, as things still stay on course. Wow. So I, I could see that being pushed back to, to, to make it like a Rogue One at Christmas time. I, I could see that too. I mean, it's, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, also, on the, on the note of uh, Marvel movies coming out, uh, we still don't have Doctor Strange in Japan. It's, right. uh, it's next year's movie. Yeah, <laughs> January is... 27th or something, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually considering just, like, holding off to the DVD at this point. <laughs> I, I've stopped tweeting out things like that, because every time I say that, um, John Lindemann goes, Get fucked, Shelton! <laughs> 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 yeah, it sucks. But w- w- there was a point where, was it this one or episode eight was going to be really delayed in Japan? This one was this going one. to be six months later, because the, the whole movie right. was supposed to be a summer release, and they pushed it back to a Christmas release. Thank Christ. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Avoiding spoilers for six months. <laughs> yeah. So... so... That was stuff that we did like. What What did you not like about this movie? Well, I mean, I, I, I don't really think there's anything that I really didn't like about the movie. But in general, I'm not super hot on this movie. I did like it, but I didn't love it. Like, you know, episode seven, like, there were points when I was, like, weeping I was just so happy about how amazing it was. That didn't happen with this movie, but you know there were standout scenes, and I, I liked the overall atmosphere of the movie and how it fits in with the original trilogy beautifully, and how we can now say there is a good prequel movie, um, <laughs> which is which is a, which is just that a beautiful a beautiful thing. thing. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Thank we, you, James. Yeah, we can now say that. Yeah, we can now you know sell our episode one to three DVDs and. <laughs> replace them with this you know this is the prequel so um with that i'm happy but like the the story didn't like blow me out the water it was it was lukewarm is a bit harsh but like i wasn't super hot on it It, it's it's a kind of like it's a it's a 7.5 it's an 8 but like you know episode 7 was like a 10 (laughs) you know what i mean so i'm satisfied with it but i wasn't blown away by it kind of thing yeah (laughs) I definitely think this movie is a better movie than Episode 7. But, but I'd say I will watch Episode 7 far more times than this movie. Hmm. Like, like I could watch 7 a bunch of times. I like 7. It's a, it's a cool movie. There's a lot of flaws with it. But this movie was a great movie, but kind of a flat movie at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, that's hmm. a good word for it. I think I'm kind of along the same lines as Cyrus. I mean, I overall, I mean, I thought it was really fantastic. I liked it better than episode seven. Um, there were just some parts wow. of episode seven where it maybe sometimes it's a little bit boring, especially some of the stuff with Ray sometimes. Um, but I mean, you know, I still, I don't hate it. Not at all. I like it. It's still a fun movie, but I just thought this one was just a little bit better. I liked the action in this one uh, more, like I said, kind of being more like a war movie. I, I really kind of dig that type of stuff. So yeah, that was, that was really cool. But um, yeah. I guess I think I just liked the story more in episode seven. Like there was more story kind of thing. There's more things going on. There's more of an epic arc to it than, right. than, than this one. And, you know, like we mentioned earlier, like um, the fact that the story arc is kind of like, there's like a, such a huge gap between like the start of the movie and like the end of the movie kind of thing with not, with not really much filled in, in the middle kind of thing. Like you jump from, you know, a long, a long time before and then, then they are right at the end and it's like everything's kind of crammed in at, at the end of the movie kind of thing. You know, I would, I would like to see a little bit more, you know, filling in of that, of that, but you know, um, that's yeah. not, not to take away from the movie in, in general, which, which that, is great. That is my complaint about the movie is the, the first section. So the part on the planet when she was a kid, that's fine. <laughs> but then it jumps forward. It shows her in a prison cell. Then it changes planet to, uh, 
Oh, yes. Yeah, you just reminded me of something. The, yeah. it, it, was it the first 10, 15 minutes? There was yeah. about six planets introduced. That, but... Exactly that. It jumped all over the galaxy. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. what's going on right now? I was I, I was, I was lost confused. after the second. But yeah. as, as opposed to like most of the stuff in the mainline trilogies or saga, I mean, they, they wouldn't even tell you what the hell the planet is unless it's through some kind of dialogue. I mean, this seemed kind of very much like the Abrams Star Trek movies and stuff, you know, the newer Star Trek movies where they tell you, like, this is this planet. Even if you don't know what the hell it is, this is what it is. And at, at first, I thought that was cool. It's like, oh, they're really setting this apart from Star Wars. Like, no opening crawl. It's naming all the planets before we actually know what they are. And then after that first section, I was like, oh, that naming the planets wasn't a design choice. They needed to do that because they were confusing everybody. Yeah, and... it, it, it reminded me a bit of um, you know how most American movies say like uh, Tokyo, comma Japan, London, comma the UK. Right, it, like, when it goes around the world, it's like yeah, I know, I know it's the UK. It's a big bend there, Paris, <laughs> Paris, comma France, mm-hmm. with the Eiffel Tower in the background. It's like okay, thanks for that, but you, <laughs> I, you kind of do you, maybe you do need that with a sci-fi setting, right? But um, at the same time, it's more mysterious if you don't say that, you know. Um, you know what I mean? You just like work it out later, or look, look it up on Wikipedia. <laughs> you just get confused if it's if it's like, oh shit, do I need to remember that? It's like, oh, yeah, oh okay, I've already forgotten it, but never mind. That's what I would like. All these names, I would. The only one I remembered was Jan or Jin or whatever, and I clearly didn't remember that very well. But um, that <laughs> was the only name I even vaguely remembered, and the rest is kind of blurred. It's like, okay, that's the Jedi guy, that's the heavy guy, that's the pilot, and. Like, because there was just there was a lot of stuff introduced in this movie very quickly. Right. Flippy, flappy, floppy, and flippy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> all of, they're all there. Cool. Um, one actually final one good thing I loved. Then I promise I'll stop. Is uh, James? You said there was no moment where you were like weeping with joy that this was a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. And I had that when they showed Yavin Four for the first time. Mm. And they oh, sweep yeah. down over the temple, and I'm like, "Oh my god, yes, it's Yavin! This is this is what I want." Yeah, they, they, yeah, I like that bit too. I, I, <laughs> I didn't like how they reused the same. Uh, the, uh, what would you call him? A spotter? The guy yeah, with the, the weird yeah, helmet. Showing that dude. It's like the same. Are they? Is that recycling the same shot? Are they just no? Is it, the, it? <laughs> the original shot was a hell of a lot further away. I yeah, think it was actually even, a new one. The two shots they used in this, one was him with his goggles up and the other one was the goggles down. So. Yeah. I don't mean they copied it from episode four. I just mean that they, copied, they, they did one shot and they just reused it constantly. Oh, they could have. <laughs> they very well could have. You know, actually, an interesting bit about Yavin 4, um, I've actually been to that location before. Where that they filmed. Moon. Yes, that moon. But it's, it's on planet Earth, believe it or not. Um, really? I'm not sure well, you know how moons work, but okay. Yes. Is, the, is the temple real or is that set? Okay, so it's in um, like some Mayan temple area called Tikal. Oh, okay. Cool. And um, they're definitely not that big. You cannot fit spaceships in there. <laughs> not, not a whole fucking fleet of them either. I, I mean, note that the Tikal temples also in Sonic Adventure. Also, why that one character is called Tikal. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> I, I, I know what he's talking about. Don't worry about it. Um, no, it was really cool. I mean, it's definitely a lot smaller than how they make it because you can like hide half of those temples in like the jungle. So you don't know how far they go down or whatnot. So, all right. So they showed it and then added CG elements. Yeah. And at the time, I think they were just uncovering it too. So it was still mysterious and whatever. That's cool. Yeah. I like the look of that. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's so, the, are they the Jedi temples? No, just, it's just a hideout. I don't even know what they are in the movie, actually. In but... the old expanded universe, they were the Masasi temples. Okay. We, we've never seen a Jedi temple in a movie? In a no, just movie. this one that got fair blown up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was also the Jedi temple on Coruscant in the prequels. Well, yeah. True. And that that actually as well, that they were mining like the kyber crystals that were used in lightsabers to power the Death Star. That's um, like deep lore stuff they didn't even need to do, but it was super cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I like that uh, reference to lightsabers, even though, well, there was one lightsaber at the end, I guess. <laughs> right. Awesome. Cool. Well, does this about wrap it up? It seems like we covered everything, yep. even so. unintentionally sometimes too, but um, cool. Well... I think that's going to do it for Star Wars talk. If you guys have any, do you guys have any last comments or anything? Um, while Don't this movie it. is still cool, I'm looking forward to Episode Eight. That mm-hmm. Han Solo movie still has like less than zero interest for me. Really? Yeah. Oh, if boy. there's one character that I have, I just do not care about seeing a movie about young this character. It's Han Solo. And also because we've got a fix of him in Episode Seven. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's we know like, we know how we started and we know what how we ended. So it's kind of like, well, do we need more? Do you know like, how he met Chewbacca? <laughs> do I mean, seriously, to? I mean, do we need to? Yeah, yeah well, we the expanded like, universe tells you yes. <laughs> like, uh, I know how he met him in the expanded universe, but right. I, I, I read an obscene amount of those books. But, yeah, me too. Do, um, do we need do we need to know how Anakin met uh, Obi Wan Kenobi? No, we didn't need to know that, but we 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 were, we were forced to sh- <laughs> watch it for three movies. Yeah, and that's. I, that's why I, I don't want to watch this movie is like, or maybe it'll be amazing. It'll blow me away, but can't like just from the, the elevator pitch alone, I have no interest in it. I'm, I'm not quite that. I haven't even really thought about it till now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I, whatever. I just think it'd just be cool just to take a look and see it. Han Solo's past. I'll I mean, wait, for, wait for the trailer. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> still gonna wait for that, but yeah, so is, it, is it definitely happening? By the way, Danny. Yeah, that's happening. Um, what's his face? The guy from Community, Donald Glover. He's he's Lando Calrissian in it. Um, oh, I didn't know that. It, yes. isn't, isn't he getting too old for that shit? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Getting there. So yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing I'd say about Rogue One, you know, go see it. It's a fun action movie. Even if, if you like Star Wars, yeah, you owe it to yourself to see it. Is it going to be the best movie you've ever seen in Star Wars saga? Probably not, but it's pretty cool. So, oh man, everyone's ranking Star Wars now, isn't it? Well, obviously it's above all the prequels, but um, I, I, I don't think, man, is it better? I mean, I famously, infamously, I'm not huge on Jedi, episode six. Oh boy. I, I, I like, am less a big fan of that the more I watch it. I like Empire and then New Hope and then Jedi. So it's just working out where this fits in. Probably, uh, I don't know, maybe just after Jedi, but you know, it's kind of... the original, I'm... I'm probably about where you are. Maybe I, sometimes I can interchange A New Hope and Jedi. I mean, because like whenever I first watched the original trilogy, I had at one point I'd only recorded Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi off of TV. <laughs> so I didn't have that A New Hope for like, I don't know, two years. So wow. Awesome. Yeah. And obviously I, I've already deleted the one, two, and three from the, the chronology completely. So I What about the Clone that. Wars movie? Like the, oh. the CG animated one. I saw that in the theater. God. God, so did I, and I regret that. that I was so that's... excited. I was so that's, a wrap. that's a wrap. So, 
That show got so good after its seasons, but my God, what a terrible start. Yes. All right. Well, on that sad, happy note, we'll uh, catch you guys later. Send us comments and stuff about what you thought about Star Wars, and we'll read it on the air. So, so Are right. we a Star Wars podcast now? What's going on? Star Wars podcast now from now on. I folks. can talk about Disney Infinity if you want. That's got Star there Wars. There it is. We got if all the bases covered. If we're going to remember it in January, I don't think we'll even be th- thinking about it then, will we? Probably not. We'll be looking forward to Doctor Strange. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Which the Americans will be probably buying on DVD at that point. Yup. <sighs> anyway. Buying right. on DVD. Sorry, I apologize. That was such an outdated comment. People don't buy DVDs in America, do they? VHS. <laughs> <laughs> and we're out of here. So, see you guys. May the force be with you. Oh, man, I can't believe you went there. <laughs>